you're listening to Glitch Please number 61. If you hear something you would like to see from this episode, visit roosterteeth.com. Hey, welcome to Glitch Please, the show where we talk about video games every single week. I'm Ashley. I'm Bryant. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. And yeah. Brian's new. Yes. Brian is a friend of ours. He's a, a local uh, YouTube content creator here in Austin, so I like to invite him in. He's visited us in the studio before, but first time on, sure. please. Yeah, first time. Yeah, Welcome. Excited to be here. Thank you. It's so, a good episode for you to be on as well, because I understand you, you've been a No Man's Sky fan since launch. Oh, big fan of No Man's Sky. See, this is going to be a, quite a discussion. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, the new update came out, which we're going to talk about, and that's going to be sure. a lot of fun. Uh, huge changes for the No Man's Sky next update. Uh, there's also, this is kind of weird, it's a sort of like a changing of the guard news episode. We'll be talking about uh, a former Bioware developer who uh, explained really why Bioware isn't the same as it used to be. Uh, Valve developers also explained why Valve can't make games. Uh, and then uh, Microsoft is getting ready. They're deep in architecture on their next generation of console hardware, as they have mentioned previously, like at E3. Uh, and new reports suggest that one of those versions of the future console won't be like the others. So we're going to get into all that, but I want to say a quick shout out before we do to our sponsor for this episode, MeUndies, because MeUndies is dope. And we're going to talk about them a little bit later, more in depth. We can all talk about our favorite underwear patterns, but... Before we get into all of that stuff and make it all official, what have you guys been playing? Dude, I'm stuck. Besides No Man's Sky. I'm, I'm, stuck, I'm still stuck in Octopath. I'm, uh, I'm in the, the chapter three to four grind is like, it's heavy. Um, I, I got to like towards my, my end of my chapter three chapters and I was like under leveled. And then I went up against Hanit's chapter three boss, which I won't say what it is, but dear God, is that a difficulty spike? I don't, I don't really? know, wh where are you in the game? So uh, I am through most of my chapter twos, uh -huh. but I've been taking it easy. I have got sidetracked by No Man's Sky, uh, but but and also just family divinity, which is a great problem <laughs> to have. Uh, so I haven't had as much time playing Octopath as I would like to have. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm constantly frustrated that I'm like, but games are my job. Why can't I just <laughs> play them all the time? Why does it seem like I have less time to play them than ever? I thought I went into this for an advantage, yep. but yep. no. Um, so I've been, I've been doing a lot of grinding in that game. So there is something, um, the game, last week we talked about how the game is very mechanical and it doesn't really change throughout the entire game. There is something that, that adds to the game or, or spices it up a bit around level 50. I haven't gotten there. I was going to ask you what level you were at. Uh, I'm level like 48-ish okay, uh, with all my characters. Talk to me, Goose, what's spicy? Characters. Um, talking, talking maybe some uh, new abilities and stuff. You talking Ooh. subclasses or are you talking new divine abilities? New jobs. Okay, Ooh. I did, so I did have uh, just completely by accident, uh, and I knew that this was going to be a thing somehow at some point because we talked about uh, Octopath Traveler at some length last week. Uh, if you missed that, Octopath Traveler is a uh, sort of a classic 2D-ish JRPG that's released uh, for the Switch from Square Enix. It is a console exclusive. It really feels like a throwback to like the like the Game Boy or so, like something you would see on a 3DS, but scaled up 
to be like a, a console game. So it's what they call 2D, 2D HD, HD 2D, in some order, yeah. some combination of that, where uh, it looks like the whole thing's been tilt shifted, really distinct graphics. You have eight different protagonists who each have their own story, but you party them up, and then you can go through each of the their uh, four chapter stories in really whatever order you like, although there is they, they do get more difficult as they go on. So you're incentivized to go through really all of them. Different characters have different abilities, but there's essentially two sets of four. There's a there's the cleric and there's the alchemist. There's the there's the, the warrior and the hunter. There's the thief and the merchant. Uh, and I'm not naming two of them. There is the hold on, hold on. The mage Scholar dancer. and okay. the dancer. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Scholar, so scholar. Those dancer. ones, I guess, maybe don't match up quite so well. No, so no. You, you, I think you can get it. It's, it's the the abilities. Abilities are dancer, cleric, because those are guiding, and then your hunter and your warrior right. have provoking Right, I'm challenge. sorry. You're absolutely right. I was for some reason thinking of it as like yeah. healer, healer, and fighter, then, fighter. Yeah, and then mage and uh, alchemist both, or scholar and alchemist both have the ability to gain information from people. And then thief and merchant have the ability to gain get items from people, whether through stealing or buying. You're completely right. I'm an idiot. No. Anyway, that's the that's there's a lot of abilities to keep track of. Yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, the short version, sort of, of of what you can expect from that game. It is a traditional JRPG in that it's it, there's a lot of sort of grindy. It's turn-based combat. Mm -hmm. uh, you use each of the characters' abilities, trying to strike at a weakness to knock down an enemy's armor, so you can do extra damage. Yep. Uh, and uh, and as you go through each of the different areas, like new, you'll find like new challenges, new stuff to unlock. Yeah. For some people, I'll just find money fucking everywhere. I'm I'm like I'm at a point where mid so early 40s, you you pretty much have unlocked your character, all of your characters' abilities, including their divine abilities, which is like their ultimate. Um, and for the most part, you've unlocked their secondary classes' abilities as well. So there is a little bit of a lull there where you're not progressing towards anything. And I. I I was just grinding, and I couldn't even find new gear. Like I, 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 like, I leveled up probably like eight times, and I went back to Hanit's boss. Still had trouble, but still beat it. Um, but I didn't, I didn't find any new gear in in those like ten levels or so. Wow. Yeah, there wasn't much. Um, I will say, like we talked about Kate's last week, which is like the super rare spawns. Yes. Right, and I. I think I had seen one and didn't realize what it was. Yeah. Right. And I've seen a couple. Because they'll run away immediately. Then. Yeah. So you basically so. get you basically get one attempt at an action. Mm -hmm. I did because I love to spoil myself on things. Look on the internet and find out that if you sh <laughs> if you throw a shadow soul stone at them, that's a guaranteed yeah, to hit. Any soul stone. So if you oh any soul stone. Any soul stone. Uh, um, medium soul stone will, will knock kill them out. Yeah. Yes. That'll uh, do the shadow one. I, I threw it and that. did like eleven damage, and it was like which isn't done. Enough. Yeah. So. There's three. There's actually three types of kates. I don't know what all. I their didn't know that. Is. I thought there's, there was one. So th these also matter way less when you're higher level. Um, so like in your mid 40s, they'll give you like a chunk of a level. Not a big deal. Because uh, every battle in your mid 40s, you're getting like 500 plus XP anyway. So a thousand isn't really that much of a difference. Um, but I ran into one where you can spawn all three kates at one time, 
Um, and I saw that, and I'm like, holy shit. A Kate's all, party? All three Kates. And then literally the next battle, I had the same thing happen again. I have screenshots. <gasps> oh, wow. there's, the... there's your chubby Kate. Oh, my God. It's a Totoro Kate. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, that one is really hard to kill. But also, you I've can, never seen it. it. It's also, there's a, there's a way to capture those. Uh, it's really hard. I, I you can, can capture a Kate? Yeah, they, they have really good buffs. They're, they're really limited summon and everything, but they have really good buffs. Um, I tried. I can only get it up to like 3% catch chance. And that is not a good enough chance. Um, unless you're really lucky. That hurts. You know, uh, the more and more I'm hearing about this game, I, I have to try it. I don't have a Switch, but it's like this game and you guys talking about it, fun. it sounds like a fun time. It's a fun, it's a fun chill out, yeah. grind, kill some enemies, fight some, some dudes. It's almost like an MMO, like a single player MMO, in that like there's no, you can kind of do what you want, mm -hmm. and there's quests, but it doesn't, uh, if you're doing the individual ones, it points you pretty hard, but all the side quests and stuff, it just reminds me of like kind of a single player MMO. I do have one complaint about this game that I was finally able to verbalize. Um, in a lot of RPGs, it le the cursor, like let's say you cast a spell, like an enemy's weak to fire, you have to auto you have to manually go back every single time with your fucking character once you get back to go back to the fire spell I mean, instead doesn't, of it doesn't default automatically defaulting yes i i feel like that's something easily fixable but this is a problem that's been solved in rpgs oh that's <laughs> that's super not a problem for me oh i hate it i hate it Interesting though. No, I, I, I guess I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like I'm always using different abilities though. Like I get I get if you're trying to harp on someone's weakness. Right. But right. it's not a huge it's not a massive thing, but I yeah. It's, my, it's, my my only complaint with that whole system is when I like max boost something and I accidentally hit defend, that really fucks me up. Because there's no like confirm yes. if you want to oh, defend. Yes. You just waste your whole boost. But you defended defend. really good. Oh, Are you sure man. you want to waste a turn? Yeah, Are man. you really sure? What okay. a fucking bummer right. that is. No, that game's really good. I'm um, excited to get to level 50, unlock some new subclasses, and see what those are. Because that's that seems like the last like big frontier. Mix it up for yeah. the game. Okay. So the one subclass that I unlocked, I was wandering around in the snow after Primrose's second chapter, mm -hmm. and I just ran, like I just happened upon a cave, mm -hmm. and I got really suspicious of it because when I went inside, it didn't tell me what right. the danger level was, right. and so I was creeping along, yep. like just waiting for something gigantic <laughs> to tackle me, and I got there, and there's just a shrine. I was like, ah, you could also be a cleric. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like. Oh, this is a nice surprise. Yeah. yeah, they're like, take a break, just relax. It's fine. You're not gonna get hurt <laughs> for once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but is that how all of them work? Are they all just hidden around that's, in caves? That's how. That's, that's how the the main eight classes that are already in the game, like that all the characters have. Those classes are all just hidden in chapter two ish areas in 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 caves. Um, and you'll always see those caves on a map. Like you don't have to actually find them because you'll see them if, if you're in an area with one. You'll see a marker for it in your mm -hmm. mini map. Um, but the, the the there's four other additional classes that are around level 50. Those you have to work for. The, you, you will find them in a cave, but you're not just going to walk up to a shrine. That you are going to get punched on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you main class them, or it's all subclass? It's all subclass. Okay. As far as I know. I mean, I haven't gotten there, so who knows? Yeah. But I think it's all subclass. Although, so, so, Brian, do yeah. you play uh, any sort of classic JRPG stuff? Uh... No, not traditionally. Um, the, None of the Golden Suns. I tried Golden Sun back in the day. Never really got hooked on it. Um, I got I got claw from that. Yes. Yeah. Because the Game Boy is so tiny and like holding 
hold my hands like this and I would just go, <laughs> it hurts, you know, but I can't stop. They need to make a, a fucking Joy-Con attachment that's the size of the Pro Controller. I don't care if it looks stupid, for my hands, <laughs> if I could just slap on basically two halves of a uh, Pro With some handles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? My Joy-Cons are wiggly, which I don't like. Did, like, you, well, drop, like, did you drop your Switch? I, I, I put the, the black... Uh, Hand the wrist strap on it on the wrong way. That'll do it. And it like wiggles now. Not a lot, but just enough, enough to. You know what though, Bernie? So we did an the unboxing the of this of the Switch. Oh, the famous we, draw. Yeah, yeah, well, because it's the because Nintendo sent us one early, which was really awesome, yeah. and we were super excited about it. it. Did like a billion battery tests, all kinds of stuff, and that's apparently a thing that you can get on yeah. uh, Joy-Con Love DIY. That. That's fantastic. Nice, but. Uh, so we did uh, an unboxing, and Bernie immediately put the Joy-Con grip on the wrong way. Yep, that's what I did. <laughs> and then we spent five minutes going. Mm, then you have to got force it back off, it. but it does not want to come back off. No. No. It didn't want to go on, but he was just like, you know, maybe I'll just push it harder. Ah, uh, yeah. Dang. Yeah, mine like wait, but it's, yeah, I'm just, I'm like, well, I'll just have to live like this. I'm not gonna get a new switch. My life now. So yeah, as far exactly. as JRPGs go, I mean, is this top ten? Of all time, mm. um, I don't know. I'm gonna go that far because there's a lot of them, and a lot of them are really good. And there's a lot of very different JRPGs. Like, okay. you're talking about putting Octopath Traveler up next to, like, the top Final Fantasies, like yeah. Final Fantasy X, also turn-based, also party-based. You're swimming. This, in this a is pool. this is yes. one of this is probably the best that I've played on the Switch. Okay. I think the only other one I've played is Xenoblade, but. Some people might argue that. So also, it, Xenoblade is is a little bit different. In the, it's, get, there's it's different less sub varieties it's, of JRPGs, it's, right? It's super anime. It's, yeah. It's funny that this game is out now. It's almost like trying to introduce a younger person to like hair metal because it's like, <laughs> oh, I've never listened to this at all, and it's like, oh, you don't understand. This is like what was on the radio back in the day. Like right. these games were massive, you know, sort of late '80s, early '90s, that yeah. heyday, and then on to like Final Fantasy VII. But yeah, it's they, they've sort of they're much more niche now than they used to be. But it's fun. It's ve it's still a very old school style. It's very grindy. It's very uh, like you said. I mean, you, you kind of talk to everybody in the town. Although they've streamlined that a lot in this game. You don't have to talk to every single. Yes, right. yes, you do. You have to use your path abilities on it. Oh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't even have to talk to everyone. You just need to use four different abilities on everyone. You just <laughs> like robbing, people, dude. It's Adam. so it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, but is. at least they tell you who you can and can interact with. Exactly. Like, there's there's a specific set of people with the little who speech will have stuff. Yes, By the way, if you go to Goldport, do not. Get your reputation negative because you have to pay a hundred thousand leaves. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, can I, can I talk about something? I watched Ghost in the Shell yesterday. Okay. The, the one with Scarlett Johansson and okay. the one that people complained about a yep. lot and thought was a terrible movie. Why do people hate that movie? Uh, I think there was okay. One, there's a stigma against anime movies mm -hmm. and anime adaptations. I like okay. Just in in general, uh, there was the whole concern that it was a there was whitewashing that they she's have super. An Asian she's actress. she's not playing an Asian person though. She's playing a robot. Have you watched the movie? Yes. So like, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of a spoiler here. Like her ghost was an Asian person, but that the whole point is that like her her soul her ghost was put into a robot, which wasn't I don't know wasn't Asian. I, th I thought it was like like uh, it was. It's not well like done. A, it's not it wasn't like, like a, it wasn't a like, last samurai. Type right, or, yeah. right. <laughs> or what is that movie with Jared Leto where he joins the, the, the yakuza? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, anyways, but that movie has like 
amazing world building. It has amazing like sets, it has amazing props. That's true, but it's also, that's not like original world building. It is building on a uh, universe. I'm just talking about like visually in the movie, how well they've done. And also, like, wasn't that bad of a movie? But what I will say is that the thing I was noticing Put was that how, on the box. Yeah. It's not that bad. was not so similar, bad. like <laughs> the demo I watched for Cyberpunk was so similar to that movie. Uh, first off, v, the V they played in the Cyberpunk demo is a female. You have this big bruiser of uh, uh, a, a buddy, and that's like the same as Bat Bat Bato? Bato? Bato, whatever. Um, and then he's also driving like a fast like supercar, driving around. Like, it's so similar. Like, those games like are like a mirror of each other. Not really, but like very close similarities. But they hit a lot of the same cyberpunky beats. Yeah, also, I would really appreciate it if someone in the control room could pull up a picture of Bato uh, next to um, the guy from Lost Boys, Kiefer Sutherland, because they look the same. Oh, really? Dude, it's unbelievable. Hmm. Um, anyways, like that movie, and I can't wait for Cyberpunk. I, we haven't talked about Cyberpunk in so long, I figured we need to talk about Cyberpunk. I think well, you brought issue, it back, I like yeah. it. I think the issue with any type of adaptation like that is it comes to the same thing with gaming, right? We all have these beloved characters that we love and we've grown up with, read about or watched on anime, and then to see someone else's take on it it's always gonna have that pushback. Like, prime example, last week we had that fantastic Uncharted video come out with Nathan. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a diehard Uncharted fan. We don't need an Uncharted movie. We've had four great Uncharted games and I just, I feel like the stories that I've seen and the stories I've interacted with just don't feel like it's exactly needed at this yeah, point. Yeah, although the, uh, they are working on like an official yeah. Movie, right, and that's supposed to have what Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. It's supposed to be yeah. like young yep. Drake. Bizarre. I love Tom Holland. Yep. That's a weird choice. You know, I oh, feel like they're. I feel choice. like they're yeah. trying to do um, young Indiana Jones, but like not Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> mm. Nathan Drake crying in high school, but I, nobody will kiss him. Yeah, I did like, hear it pitched one way. How dare you? Tom Holland is a gem. I, yeah, but best Nathan Drake, I, I just, that's the part that I'm struggling Here's with. Here's Nathan is. Drake getting stuffed in a locker <laughs> and having to crawl his way out. Yeah. So, well, I, yeah, I don't know what. Uh, there, there, were the, like there were those young. There were those young, like, those like. Uh, were they flashback sequences in uh, in four? Yeah. Where you played as a younger. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I actually like those. those were, Me too. That game was yes. fucking good. Yeah. Well, oh, and so, that's the part that got oh, pitched. Oh, so here we to go. Me. Here we go. Um, up on. Come the on. Uh, they look the same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's on actually uh, same hairstyle. I, I was like watching it. this and I was like, I holy know. shit, yeah. Keeper Sutherland. <laughs> I dig it. I can see it. Yeah. They're the same person. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, now I'm distracted. Now I'm just thinking about Keeper Sutherland and. And Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have something um, talking about games we've played. I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but I finally beat Doom. So nice. The most Doom recent, 2016? Yes. So um, after E3, the announcement of Doom Eternal came out. Uh, I've had a, a friend who's like, you got to play this game. You got to play this game. Finally played it, uh, beat it. And it, it did have kind of a little bit of a learning curve for me. Like the, the, the playability wasn't super smooth, but as soon as you got into it, it was literally just combo after combo and run and gun. Yep. And it became a lot of fun. So I, I definitely see why people like that game. Yeah, you know, and that's not the first time I've heard that. Uh, Bernie as well, he mm -hmm. had gone, he played it, he was like, I don't know that I'm really feeling this, went away, played something else, eventually came back to it, and then I guess got past <coughs> that point, yeah. and loved it. Yeah. But it seems like for some people there is a, a tipping point on getting used to how it plays. I got, re I got really far something in that subtle. game, and then like I got past like hell, and, or into hell and stuff, and there's something about when the momentum slows down, my my momentum to want to play it slows yeah. down too. 
And like if you, you feel like, oh, wait, where do I go? Or something like that, that's when I'm like, ah, whatever. Well, and also in the beginning, you don't have your double jump. And then you also don't have another part of your exosuit at that point. So it's like, it's this super slow paced. And in a world where we have like Titanfall, where you're like literally running and gunning and Call of Duty, where you're fast paced to come to this, it was just kind of like, oh, this is, this is pretty slow. I got to change the pace up for this right. game. So it's still fun. Solid game. Yeah, also, solid. Uh, solid. That, that first opening when you have the shotgun and you, you, <laughs> you, you pump it to the song. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Good job, guys. That was the part that I definitely enjoyed was the uh, rock music that would like, you get into these heavy battles yeah. and they have headphones on and they're just blaring right. and going and it's, it's fantastic. Now, uh, Brian, I understand you've been playing real life GTA. <laughs> yeah, it, um, so I had a friend who uh, uh, earlier this week went to the doctor and it turned out to be a little bit of an emergency situation. So he had to go uh, uh, to the hospital like immediately, but it ended up he's fine, but he had to leave his car in the doctor's office. Um, so it was there overnight. And then he called me, he was like, hey, can you just go check my car to make sure it didn't get towed? And I was like, that would be kind of a dick move for the doctor's <laughs> office to tow your car. You'd be like, car. oh, yeah. you're sick, huh? Well, this should be fun. Yeah, let's right. double down on your problems. Yeah, well, guess what? You can't park here for yeah. more than 10 hours. The doctor uh, runs right. the tow company, so he's getting <laughs> yeah. you on both right. sides. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so uh, last night I got home from work. And I looked it up, and the, the doctor's office was just, it's close to my house. It was like two miles away. So I'm like, I'm just going to walk to the doctor's office, get the car. Like, I got his keys. I'm going to get the car, drive it back to my house. So I did. And I hadn't walked. That's very kind of you. Yeah, it, and it felt like a real-life GTA mission. As close <laughs> as I'm going to get to doing that. And it did feel like... Uh, the parts in GTA where it seems sort of innocent at first and like, oh, I'm just going to go get a car. And then, like, at some point I'm going to realize it's stolen and then, like, five gangsters are going to be chasing. Did you, did you get any, like, did you get any, weird, did you get any weird phone calls on the way there? Like, yeah. I need to swing by afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Right. Your yeah. cell phone's blowing up, like, 24-7 like it does in the game. Let's yeah. I can't wait to play that game. I want to play that game again. All yeah, of a sudden, it was, you just made me want to play it. Thanks. It was fun. It was, but in my mind, it was like, oh, this is like a little mission I've got yeah. to go on to. And, and uh, I did it, and I opened up the car, and I, I, you know, it was very uneventful. I mean, I just <laughs> walked somewhere. But, like, it, it's funny to me, like, how, <clears throat> at least in a city like Austin, where it's, everyone drives, that you don't, like, walk around a city that mm -hmm. much, you know, unless you're, like, downtown or something. So you definitely get, like, a street-level view of everything. Like, there were these people eating out of a food truck. There were, like, all these people at a bus stop. Like, there was a little bit of an altercation I passed by. Like, it was just cool. Like, it felt like, oh, this is, like, I'm, I'm getting, like, a real... You got the city noises. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it's someone like a pretty, pretty immersive me. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. It's a great MMO that <laughs> everyone should play. I recommend it. Um, but yeah, so that was a lot of fun, and uh, also been playing uh, a lot of No Man's Sky and Enter the Gungeon. Just had like oh, a yeah? new update. Uh, I got it for Switch. I had enough coins saved up that like it's on sale, and I had enough coins so it was like two dollars. Yeah, dude, I, I did too. It was great, and so uh, that is a fun. I'm not a huge roguelike person, but just um, you know, bullet hell, constantly up upgrading your guns. Um, that game sucks you know, with the Joy Cons. Yeah. So you play that with a pro controller? I, I've i only played it with the Joy-Cons, and then I stopped because I was like, I want to play games in bed, and this <laughs> right, sucks. Right. Like, anything you have to use that, you have to rely on that right thumbstick for, yeah. for me, I listen, I have giant hands. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. 
Uh, you can remap the buttons because I didn't like where the dodge roll, uh, there's sort of a jumping uh, a dive roll thing that you really need to use to avoid a lot of tricky situations. You can remap the buttons, so that's good. But uh, it's just a fun, it's a really well done indie game, which uh, the Switch is getting a little crowded. There's there's getting to be a lot of crap on it on the mm -hmm. eShop, but this is a good and it's on sale now, so it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, they need to they need to make some parsing tools for yes. that store. Oh, yeah, the yes. discoverability is not great. No. And I'm really concerned uh -uh. that they want to be putting dozens of new indie games on the eShop every week. On the one hand, look, more selection is great, but there's really no I need, way I need to an Nintendo discover. Seal of quality, right? On games, do they have a ranking system in their? In they, their have uh, they have a bestseller list. Well. That's oh, okay. about that. But it's like, well, who I, knows if that's like? Yeah, I, I can only scroll through so many 2D pixelated Metroidvanias. Yeah. Like there are 80 of them right now. Because that's the good side of the Steam side, right? Because like you can search yes. five dollar games, and then you can put, oh, I only want five star reviews, and right. genuinely you can find a good game out of there. And this is where I feel like sites like Metacritic kind of fall down a little bit because it seems like everything is like in the, the mid to lower 80s. And it's like, I don't know if that's good or not because I've been burned by a few of those. And yeah. it, feels like, it feels like every game kind of gets like upper 70s, lower 80s, unless it's a complete piece of shit and then it's down yeah. on the bottom. Or it's gr universally that, great. That score means games. you might have a potential to like this if you have a specific yes, taste. absolutely. Potentially, there, yeah, it, we'll it, think about it. It feels like sort of like the old, it feels like grade inflation, like right. the old Nintendo powers where like even a shitty game would get three stars. Right. <laughs> but uh, that's what I'm playing. Cool. You know what I, I'm kind of disappointed doesn't have a really safe for the Switch though is uh, Guacamelee 2. Did any of you guys play Guacamelee? Oh, yes. 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 Okay. Thank God. I know we, we did play it for a, for a patch game club at one point. Yeah. And, um, but <sighs> I, I played it the, when it came out, and then I played the Super Turbo Championship Edition. Right. I think I was going for 100% on that. I'm not sure if I did it. Yeah. Mm, it I should check that. Port, if I didn't, I'm in big trouble because all my skills will be gone. But uh, <laughs> they, they announced uh, Guacamelee 2 that's coming uh, out this fall, super excited about it, but it doesn't have a switch date. And uh, it is a, it's a Metroidvania. So <laughs> if you aren't familiar with, with Guacamelee, it's really cute. It's a side-scrolling Metroidvania style game. You play Juan and you uh, have to, you know, to save the mayor's daughter, you go into the underworld. And then what's really cool about it is that you can sort of switch back and forth between the world of the living and the world, uh, you know, land of the dead. And uh, there are different, Sometimes there's different geography across the two, so you may need to start a leap, switch over, and then there's a platform to land on or a rope that you can grab or something. And so you find yourself, as you are going through these crazy platforming stunts, also right. having to manage your world. And uh, there's a co-op in it. You can play as uh, the second character, Tostada. And it's um, th this game, it was so yeah. fun. I'm really looking forward to the second one. Super, super excited about it. But as a Metroidvania, it also seems like a fun kind of game to have on the Switch. Oh, yeah. And they've yeah. said it's going to be, but not yet. And I love it, and I don't want to wait. Right. So am I going to play it twice? What am I going to do? I'm a sucker. I probably will, yes. But still. <laughs> See, this style of game, in my opinion, is like designed for that handheld Switch experience. Because yeah. I first played Guacamelee when it was free on the Vita. 
I think it was like part of the PS Plus weekend yeah, yeah. package. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is fantastic. It was like the com the combination of fighting and then swapping between the dead world and the real world. And um, it it's a fun game. So to hear that it's not coming to the Switch either tells me that PlayStation has some form of grasp on that, that there's a timed exclusive, or have they announced that yet? It's um, coming out for PC and PS4 on August 21st, so right. less than a month. So maybe a timed console exclusive, that kind of thing does happen, and if it is the case, uh, it could be six month window. I would be surprised if it was anything shorter than that, uh, or a year, or if you're a No Man's Sky, two years. Yeah. <laughs> There also need to be way more characters based on luchadors. Yes. Yeah. Like, that is the cool, I don't know why there's not more. Uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so like, Lucha Libre, I've been a fan for Man. years, but the masked wrestler is such a cool hero, like. Uh, We're opposites. So, I, I, oh, really? I can't oh, stand it. I don't know why. What? I, okay, I shouldn't say I can't stand it. It just doesn't interest me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, like uh, luchadors or wrestling? Probably luchadors. I, I haven't been into wrestling, but I've been told that I need to be into wrestling. <laughs> like a, uh, Have you watched Glow? Oh, <laughs> uh, Grace is like, watch Glow so we can watch season two. You yeah, need to do this thing. I haven't done it. Well, you need to. You need to listen to Grace. She is a smart lady. So Glow is about uh, like an '80s California, like you know, late night network ladies wrestling show that they made, yeah. but it's. Based on Ab a real wrestling. Yeah, yeah like it's, it's an yeah. actual based on a real thing. Uh, but it's got um, Allison Brie. If you need an additional motivation, you do see your boobs. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying. Wow. First I'm just episode. saying. I'm just saying yeah. that works for people. I was like, hello. <laughs> and then I was like, Look, it's Annie's boobs. Um, community. But Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, Mark Maron's in it. He's really great. Oh, he's so good. This like the role that he was meant to play yeah. right. is what it feels like, and oh, every character yeah. in it is has great development. It's really awesome. If and one of the characters in it also doesn't understand wrestling, and then makes the switch. Yeah. Huh. Right. All right. Yeah. It's, I could relate to that character maybe. <laughs> yeah. One day. Um, there's a, another Metroidvania game coming out next week called Chasm. I'm super. I've been waiting for this game for so long. It got kickstarted like. Years ago, like three or four years ago, maybe five years ago, many years ago, hundred years even. Hundred years yeah. ago. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna yeah, that game computers. People, heaven, we're gonna have people like rode their horses yeah. to the time <laughs> and said, "I would like one Kickstarter." Yeah, 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 yeah. Once World War One is over, we will make this fucking <laughs> game. If you haven't looked at Chasm, that's a game that uh, I will be talking about a lot next week. Having, are we having a glitch, please, next week? We are. So uh, next week. Next weekend is RTX Austin. We hope to see you there. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It's August 3rd through 5th here in Austin. We are going to have a, a nobody's happy hour like we did last year where we're all going to uh, meet up on, I think, Friday afternoon, like Friday evening. Um, we just like walk across the street to uh, one of the pubs and yep. we all just have a drink, chat. We had, did it last year and it was really nice to just talk to the No community. Um, really chill. And uh, we're going to be doing panels for the no. We will have a glitch, please, there. We don't treat it as an episode, but we will be doing a panel there. We may release it as a supplemental episode, like a, like a special bonus. Do the but first we... live glitch, please. Hey. Hey. Oh. Man, if we, could get, uh, if we can get an afternoon time slot, I'd love to start streaming this show. Mm. But morning is a terrible time for a stream. Right. <laughs> That'll be fun because we've got the no panel. Then we're gonna go out and drink with fans, and then I'm on that kind of funny stand-up show later that That's night. That's what you need. You need so that, I will need not that, be sober. You need that lubricant to. 
I mean, yeah. maybe you don't, but I would. Getting, in front of, <laughs> getting on stage in front of people, man, it's terrifying. I do, I do yeah. worse than... I do worse when I've been drinking. I don't feel like as sharp anymore because after like I've been doing it ten years, so it's like you don't really get nervous anymore. But I'll just I'll just be a little slower. But I'm prepared to make that sacrifice Perfect. to hang out with our fans. Yeah. So we will have a, a regular episode of Glitch Please next week that we'll be recording on Thursday before it all kicks off, uh, and then we'll have a, a, an episode the following week as well. It'll all be pretty regular, but there may be some bonus stuff in there as well that we put out. It's gonna be a big weekend. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be awesome. Super excited. Yeah. But but like Thursday in one week we will have another episode. Yes. Perfect. That we'll then release for our first members on Friday and uh, for YouTube and uh, everyone else on the website as well on Saturday. I'll see you there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, Adam. Yeah. Is Chasm PC? Is that Chasm is, is PC and PS4? Okay. Okay. Um, tell it's us a about really. It. I mean, there's not much to tell other than it's a really adorable. Fantasy Metroidvania, like okay. the attention to detail and all the animations, it's like right. it is. And I don't know like how much depth it has or anything, but we will find out soon. Awesome! I'm super excited. How long was it kickstarting for? Dude, it was. Uh, it was. It's been kickstarted for like I think five years. Oh wow! I'm seeing here the first estimated delivery date was May 2014, and I guess <laughs> uh, it's coming out summer 2018. So it's a so they, they've had some development problems, oh, yeah. but they're coming out with a finished product. I hope, and it's gonna be good. I hope. We'll Fingers see. crossed. Yeah. If not, if not, Death's Game, it comes out on August 14th, and we can play that. That's Yay. another fantasy Metroidvania. God, I'm so excited. Metroidvania is one of my favorite categories of games. Big time. I'm a little bit bummed that we don't get uh, Ori 2 this year. But Me too, but since that we game do can have time, so many. I don't want to cry right now. Oh, <laughs> good heavens. Every single time I start it, first 10 minutes, blip. I always say it's the video game version of Up. That game gives you sad cries, but. Uh, I haven't had any game, this is an adult thing for me. I've never had a sympathy, like a, that's so touching cry before until I became like 25-ish. Mm -hmm. Then I started watching animal videos and being like, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks. But anyways. I tear up anytime I see like commercials about puppies or anything really. I'm a, I'm a crier. Yeah. I, Don't follow the dodo on Twitter. They're, What's the dodo on Twitter? Uh, they, they are an animal-centric Twitter that posts about uh, stories about animals that are very touching. Um, some of them are just like cute, quirky animals with their, with their friends, and that's awesome. Some of them are like, we found this uh, puppy that was in dire straits oh. and almost dead. And it's like, I see that, I'm yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. But it's always by the end, they're better. Yeah. Right. But it's really, uh, man, if you just want to cry a bunch, walk, go to that Twitter. <laughs> Love you, Dodo. You want to start Tuesdays with tears. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to make everybody in your office uncomfortable, yeah. check out Dodo. Yeah, but they are, they are definitely split between like, oh my gosh, this is so cute, to oh my gosh, this is so yeah. bad and cute. It's sad but happy? Yeah, like it's, happy it's ending? you sympathize for the animals, but it generally is a happy ending. I, I'm definitely like whenever one animal like rescues another animal or like a human. They become or friends. A human, yes. That, that or like they pull a baby out of traffic yeah. or something. That one always gets me. Like a, a human baby out of traffic? I, I don't know if that actually <laughs> exists, but you know what I mean? Like there's like the dog like uh, uh, gave his owner CPR and then yeah. called 911 and you know, it's like. Good for you. Yeah. I'm sure there's a clip of a dog rescuing a baby. Oh, from traffic I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Somewhere on the internet that exists. <laughs> totally. And we could talk about dogs all day. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Um, I've been, I've, I got back in my treadmill game. Woo! Doing the persona again. I can't do it tonight because <laughs> I walked too much and now I have blisters. I got. Blisters on my fingers. Yeah, my, my twisty toes. 
my twisty toes got dude do they some got medical calluses. tape and well they they built up calluses but i've been walking you know uh hour and a half two hours a day and it's been a hundred plus degrees here in austin and so it's very very hot my treadmill is in the garage so there's no air conditioning i can point a fan at myself and it helps bring the temperature down Jeez. a little bit but i'm still at the very least dealing with mid 80s if the garage Dude, door has been closed unsafe. all day you've got a video game set up but no air conditioning yeah. <laughs> look i have my priorities you gotta migrate yeah. that, that treadmill dude no I, I will say that uh i like it doing it in the heat does bring my heart rate up i sweat more so in in that respect i sure. kind of get more out of the workout you also can get heat stroke yeah, yeah. yeah. well like there's treadmills also look, there, there are there are risks yeah <laughs> but i i haven't I haven't really had any huge issues, yeah, yeah. but because I'm sweating more, I think I'm having more trouble with my poor little my poor little toe calluses. So I got to take a little break, and I don't want to because I've like ba I'm getting back into my momentum with the game, and I don't want to stop. I'm blown away that you can actually walk on a treadmill and play a game at the same time. I do not have when I'm playing Pokemon Go on the street. I like am running into signs and to trees and stuff. And well, they don't, have, they don't have no those. Yeah, that's true on a treadmill. Yeah, you're not. I didn't <laughs> get one the of the ones that has spot. obstacles yeah. built in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the it, for me, it's it's very specific to the type of game. I couldn't play a shooter. I really okay. don't think I could play anything in first person. Even third person uh, can be a little bit dicey if it's just over the shoulder, but you're still going around. Uh, Bernie can do first third person, no problem. I find I just walk off the treadmill, so I tend to play uh, more games where there is grinding because it, like uh, I'm playing Persona. I played in the first Nino Kuni on the treadmill. Okay. The uh, those sorts of RPGs, especially if it's uh, turn-based combat, is nice because then you can, you, you don't need to be worried about the direction so much. Uh, and Persona is anyway half like visual novelly. There's a lot of dialogue that you're reading out between the different characters, and you're like, ah, oh, what do I want to do today? I'm gonna go read a book. I'm gonna go hang out with this person. And then uh, once you get, if you're going into the different, uh, into the metaverse, into the different palaces, or into mementos, you get into combat, and then it's turn-based, so you're not really having to aim anyone there. So it's a lot friendlier if you're a walk-off the treadmill type, because yeah. I get that. And it's, but it's, uh, it's also something you get used to. Yeah. When I started doing Nino Kuni, I was walking like 2.5 miles an hour, because I was like, I can do, it's, it's all about just putting in the time, right? Yeah. And now I'm up to like three and a half, so I just, I can do a fast walk and just Wow. It. So yeah. you're doing this on the Switch, or? PS4. PS4, okay. I have okay. a, I have a whole setup. Okay. So I got a, there's got like a display stand with a TV on the top, and a shelf that I've got an oh, Xbox nice. and a PS4 on. So you're holding the controller and doing yep. all that? Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a solid setup. Yeah. A big fan. Really like it. Um, do you think we'll see like how video games have been like entering culture that will start getting like video game centric gyms? Like I know you do VR workouts. There, there, are we going to get like there treadmills with PlayStations? Mario there's a parkour gym, I think. In Austin? No. Oh, okay. No, I, I like, don't think whoa. in Austin. I think that's, is that maybe in LA? But it's this really, it's a cute parkour gym that's just all themed Mario style. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. There's there's a treadmill, or sorry, uh, <laughs> like a stationary bike that works with VR and you, you like, you play games while you're riding the bike. That's awesome. At like, and there's different things like, you could be flying an eagle or you can be like flying a spaceship or whatever, but it's all dumb and fun. And I like, they're, they're moving that way. I think maybe once we get like AR headsets to the point where they're just glasses, yeah. I think we'll start seeing all like all that sort of stuff yeah. in gyms yeah, where yeah. like play, playing games that don't exist. For, buff yeah, because cardio is something yeah. that a lot of people <laughs> just have trouble with. Because cardio, it's boring. the more you can get out of your head, the better. 
Yeah, and right. uh, the, that's the, the what's that one game people play like the running from zombies one? Oh uh, yeah, zombies run. Zomb simple name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's another one. I've never tried that, but I've, I've done couch to five k. That's not a game. They just bark at you. <laughs> that's why podcasts are great. Yeah, but yeah, video yeah. games will be more fun. Yeah, because they're more fun. I used to listen to the the Harry Potter audiobooks. Yep. when I was doing that's runs. Good. Yep. So there, yeah, there are options, but uh, I agree it would be really cool to have like AR. VR headsets are just unwieldy for that kind of thing, but mm -hmm. once they're, it's all streamlined and you don't have to have a huge thing with like all the weight on your head, it, uh, I think some AR games for cardio would be absolutely amazing. It's also you... going to be an expensive injury. That if someone has a VR headset totally. and just like falls on the treadmill yep. and 400, 500 bucks for that headset mm -hmm. right there, so. The, when, when AR becomes, AR is pretty close. We're getting... Uh, like Magic Leap is, is getting to market pretty soon. There's already some devices that are sort of on, on the market, but we're getting pretty close to like uh, the general public being able to adopt it. Are you, do you think you'll ever be on, on board with always wearing a VR headset, or AR headset, excuse me? Like just in your general life, like, oh, you have a heads up display for whatever. Uh, potentially, but there's, did you ever see that hyper reel video on YouTube? The one with was, all the ads? Yeah, so it was uh, sort of a, conceptual visualization of what a world might look like with persistent AR. And it was, uh, you know, someone, they start out, they're on a bus, they're, they're playing a game, and then they get up and they've got like all these flashing like heads up displays, here's the direction, here's like on the sidewalk, here's where you, the, the lanes for walking this direction, here's the lanes for walking this direction. Uh, there's ads popping up all over the place. You get in the grocery store and like here's your, you got your little, pet that's just like <clears throat> hanging around in the world with you, but is totally virtual. And so there's a lot of really cool stuff, but it is also an advertiser's wet dream. Right, oh, yeah. that's and a blast. I, totally. I worry a lot about that. So this oh. is the video, the hyper real video. Um, and there's a lot of upsides to it. There's a lot of really cool stuff. Again, spending time out of your head. Oh wow. Uh, the, the concern of course being that, um, you would never ever interact with anyone ever again because there's all this escapism, yeah. <laughs> and you're you're spending you know n you know no we'll never just strike up a conversation with a stranger because you'll be busy in your own world. Yeah, that feels like some Black Mirror type. Yeah, shit, it too. is. It's pretty crazy. Like there's so much stuff there. I, I think it's I would so be busy. an early adopter of AR. I know really? that. I bet you would. I know that augmented reality like contact lenses exist, and there's like a really interesting popular science article on the different levels of like where we would be at with these like contact lenses like level 1 would just be like multifocal contact lenses or like curing color blindness or color blindness and then level 2 is something that's currently being worked on which is like gathering information from your body and displaying like glucose monitoring for diabetics and then 3 would be more like augmenting your vision with digital overlays and like you know say you're driving and you can see like your miles per hour just all via your contact lenses but they've appeared at CES before yeah huh. I, I would like i would like the the in real life heads up display thing yeah. The thing you said that struck me was virtual pets. And I was just thinking like how weird that would be to like the person without ARs, just all these random people Going. just sitting there just petting random objects and you're just like, what is going as on? As much as I like pets and animals, I would never get, I, like I've never been on board with virtual pets. Like you had the, the ro robots, pets growing up. Did you up. ever have the, the ones that would live on your desktop? It was like a widget that you would have to download? The little paperclip? Those were like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> everybody oh God, no. had that. Uh, like no, there was spyware. like, the, I remember there was one, I mean, you, this is 
this is probably early aughts. Yes. And uh, you would download it, and I think my mom got like a monkey or, <laughs> or were, something. Those, those were monkeys that like live on the dust. Really oh, I'm sure they oh, were. Oh yes. You should have seen the number of toolbars I had to uninstall from yeah. that woman's yeah. browser. Yeah. <laughs> she said yes to everything. <laughs> uh, but there, I know that that was a thing for a while. I don't really see it anymore. But for a while, downloadable pets that lived on your desktop Bizarre. was a huge thing, and I could absolutely see that. It's, the, it's scratching the same itch as the Tamagotchis yeah. and all that, but just like they are in your vision and being adorable. Yeah. And you know, with the AR kind of stuff, we're seeing uh, Pokemon Go made huge improvements to their AR. So oh, yeah. if they can are working sort of on that level and it's sort of in the world that way, it's good enough for a lot of people. <sighs> so, how about you guys? Been played a lot of No Man's Sky. Yes. A whole lot of No Man's Sky. Think we should talk about it because the next update dropped. But before we do, uh, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, MeUndies. You guys, look, I, we talk about MeUndies a lot. They've sponsored this show several times. They're the fun, comfy undies. They feel as good as they look, and they're awesome. So if you haven't tried them yet, listen up. You can get incredible underwear sent to you, to your door, directly with MeUndies, so there's no more hunting around for the perfect pair at a crowded store and just like pawing through piles and piles and then going, I guess these will do. Uh, MeUndies are made with a sustainably sourced material from beechwood trees, so you can be wearing a tree on your butt. Uh, their naturally soft fiber makes a fabric that doesn't sag down or ride up. It doesn't stretch out throughout the day. It always stays nice and tight. Uh, trust me, you put on a pair, you get it. Uh, MeUndies are so sure you're going to love your first pair. If you're not happy, they'll do whatever they can to get you into the right pair, and if they can't, you know what? Keep them. They don't want them back and they'll refund you. So it really is risk-free to try the best underwear ever. If you're already part of the MeUndies family, tell your friends about it through their referral program. They get a discount. You get store credit. Win-win. Everyone is in awesome Mondays. If you're still not sure, MeUndies does have a deal for our Glitch Please listeners. First-time purchasers get 15% off their first pair of MeUndies with free shipping. So it's 15% off plus free shipping and a guarantee that you and your MeUndies will live happily ever after. So to get 15% off your first pair with free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com glitch. That's MeUndies.com glitch. Today brought to you by Pandas. They have so many fun ones. They've got Color Block. Uh, they've got pandas, green green army men. They've got uh, paint splotches. They've got they have different underwear every month. Like they've got a, like a special underwear, and you're like, oh, I have to get this most special underwear. It's awesome. They're dope, and they have a bunch of different cuts too. Because some people are like, I like boxer briefs. I like bikini briefs. I like boy shorts. I like thongs. They've got a, all their all their um, different undies in a bunch of different patterns, and they're great. Highly recommend. I love these guys. They have taken over my underwear drawer. Okay, that, uh, that with that said, let's talk about No Man's Sky and its next update. All right, so fun fact, we were sent that glitch. It's awesome. Someone got a, like a big old freighter or something mm -hmm. and it just, they got stuck in the geometry. <laughs> there are still a few bugs in the game. It happens, <clears throat> uh, but Earlier this week, on Tuesday, Hello Games dropped the No Man's Sky Next update. The game also hit uh, Xbox One, so a bunch of Xbox players are able to hop in for the first time. This is almost two years after the game initially launched. It came out August 2016. When the game came out, as I'm sure everyone remembers, 
there was a lot of disappointment going around because people thought there would be uh, multiplayer. People were expecting dinosaurs running around in lakes. They were expecting all the basically like the crazy terrain planets that had been shown in the trailers and what the game actually released with was not at that level. So there were, there's huge, huge backlash. A lot of people refunding the game on Steam, on PS4. Uh, they were people were sending Hello Games death threats because the planets nice. didn't yeah. have butterflies. Normal move, <laughs> yeah. definitely yeah. something a sane person would do. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and I get it. I played when I got the I got the game when it came out, as many of us did. Yep. Uh, I played it and I kept, I kind of I kept playing it for a while, waiting to see when it was going to become the Fun. game <laughs> in the that was from the trailers, yeah. and yeah. it just it didn't. Uh, so it was a very, very rough time for people who are disappointed with the game uh, as it released, uh, and also for the development studio who basically went radio silent. They stopped tweeting. They stopped talking, which, in my opinion, uh, was a pretty solid move because talking kind of got them into this trouble in the first place. There were, you know, there's this talk of, you know, grand visions and all the things you'd be able to do and how. Uh, you would be able to find people, but it would be difficult and rare, and you would only know what you'd look like when you saw another character, because it was all first person, and then it turned out that you still wouldn't find out what you looked like, because you couldn't see other people, because that wasn't a thing, and overall, it was a really rough time, so they shut up. They shut up and they started working on updates to the game. They released uh, some, some patches, some a couple of very, very big updates. They uh, started with what they called their foundation update, which was sort of the start of their content roadmap, their foundation, if you will, for future content. Uh, and that added, that's one that added base building, I yeah, think. base building, yeah. Is that when the terrain manipulator came in, I'm assuming? The terrain manipulator came in, I think, the third update. Yeah. So the first update was foundation, that was base building, so you could sort of set up shop on a planet and they made it easier to, traverse a little bit because so much of the game uh, initially was you would just planet hop you'd go planet to planet to planet and then you would basically you leave and you would never go back and all of the information that you had discovered would be erased in a, you know in bit anyway and so there wasn't really any reason to stick around anywhere um, so they added this base building so that you could you could set up shops somewhere in the universe create your corner build it out, have all the stuff that you needed and get back to it easily. So that was step one. And then step two was the, hold on, there's foundation, and then there was, oh, Pathfinder. Pathfinder yeah. And yeah. that's the one that added vehicles, vehicles like <clears throat> planetary exploration vehicles. So now you've got your base, and now you have an easy way to traverse on the planets without having to get in your ship and then launch it and then go a couple hundred clicks or whatever and land it again. And it was like, oh, okay, well, now, oh, great, now I'm out of launch thruster fuel, and now I've got to deal with this whole thing again. <laughs> so they they had that. There were a couple different types of, of vehicles. There's like a cute, nimble little thing that didn't have a whole lot of storage, but could zip across water, which is pretty awesome. And then there was your your mid-range, I think it was your SUV. You know, it's a, it can get around. It's going to, it's can go over the hills and stuff. Probably not water, but it's got more storage. It so can climb walls. Trade off. Climb walls, yeah. and then there was uh, the the 
the big one, uh, what do they call the big one? It's like a gigantor or something. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was big. It's a big storage one, so it's gonna move slow. It's not nimble, but it's got a big trunk. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the second update. That was the big thing in the second update. The third update was Atlas Rises. There they added the beginnings of multiplayer. So it, was, it, it wasn't super sophisticated yet. They were clearly still working on it, but it was stair-stepping. You could see and interact with other players. They were just floating orbs, and there was local voice chat. And so if you could get in the same location, you could kind of interact and go on adventures with your friend orb. Mm. You know, so it was it was the start. That was the the third one. What else was in the third? Freighters. So in between those updates, freighters. freighters got added, and then you also had the addition of like a small, I think it was like two hour story, where they mm. sent you on quests to get people to actually work in your base and give you new upgrades and stuff like mm. that. But uh, that was pretty much everything that led up to this new next update for us. Yeah. Yeah. So this next update. Um, and it is, it's called No Man's Sky Next, yeah. uh, is it added full multiplayer, unless you're a GOG player, we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> so you can, you can meet up with friends, you have a body now, they introduced a third, party per, third person perspective, and in fact that's, a, that's sort of the default when they start you in a new game now, is mm -hmm. like, yep. look, third person! Right. I actually kind of dig the third person. Me too. It took me a little bit to get used to it. What about you guys? It, I mean, it took me I'm... some time. The, because the cursor is kind of offset mm -hmm. a little bit, I find that I have to look yeah. off to yeah. the left of something. Yeah, you walk up because and you're that's like... how you that yeah, that's how you focus on it. It goes based not on what your character is looking at, but where your cursor is, which yeah. is not exactly the same place. I'm I'm definitely into the first person more, mainly because it's just like it's, it's more intuitive for when you're mining and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um I will say I'm playing on PC now because I wanted to see how it looked on PC, but also the ability to change your FOV is so important in that game. Because when you, I don't know if you're playing on PS4, but it feels like you have no peripheral vision at all. Yeah, I'm playing it on PC. Uh, I will say though that keyboard and mouse terrible. Not this game's strength. It's terrible. Don't do that. I was I was trying to just struggle through the controls for a while, and then decided that I didn't actually hate myself, and so I plugged in a controller. Yeah. And it's the controls are much more intuitive that way. Yeah. The, the moment I found out that this game was not meant for keyboard and mouse was when I was, the default controls for scanning was F, but then to tag something you had to push E, so you're like doing this thing where your fingers are on top of each other, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. But controller, okay. yes. Yeah, so uh, highly recommend that. But in addition to the multiplayer, they did a significant, a really significant graphics overhaul, so there are now, um, for the most part, more, there there's more lush, Planets like with the, with the crazy grass that you did see in the earlier trailers. Uh, if I was them, I would make sure there are butterflies on every goddamn planet. <laughs> and uh, they've added um, like some weird exotic planet types that are pretty cool. I've seen, I haven't experienced any myself yet, but I have seen screenshots of people who landed on like all metallic planets. Mm -hmm. I did last night get to my first um, low atmosphere planet and that was pretty cool. Also, had a ton of graviton balls and what, what really, the, really angry sentinels. What is the low atmosphere planets? Uh, one, it, you drain your your life support a lot faster, uh, and it's kind of barren. They can't really support life, so uh, it felt more like a rocky moon. Yeah. Mm. The other thing on the low atmosphere is the gravity is not intense, so when you jump, you're, oh, you're so like skyrocketing. Oh, there is different gravity. Yeah, Great. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, that because that was the first thing. That was the first planet I landed on was like a low atmosphere, and I was like, oh, this is new. Um, and I noticed the health, and then I just hit the jetpack, and I just flew into the sky, and I was like, oh, that's a cool feature. That's pretty awesome. Added, so. Landing, not so fun. Yeah. No. Um, I will say the player on board. Like, so I played No Man's Sky when it first came out. I had those initial few hours of, oh my god, this is so exciting. Then I had the following <laughs> few hours of, wow, I'm at, this is actually really disappointing. Mm -hmm. Stop playing. Um, this one, I. I it's two years ago, so I've pretty much forgotten everything about the game. Um, but I will say the player onboarding, it's it's good and bad. So they've improved the the, the I tutorials. I feel like it's improved dramatically. Yes, mm -hmm. they, they've definitely improved the tutorials. Uh, like everything, they will literally walk you through everything you're doing, and it still does. Like I'm I'm building my hyperdrive, and I'm like hours in, and it's still like. Yeah, you just gotta go do this, and yeah. like to get money. There's, there's literally like a how do you make money? There's like a tab on how to make money. Um, so that stuff is great. The, the tutorial stuff, they really do walk you through everything you're supposed to be doing. However, uh, when you get on your first planet and you're getting barked at that, like, oh, your life support systems are failing and there's yes. a storm coming, it's, it's like, ah, <laughs> what am I doing? I just want to find a carbon. The, like, the stress of when you initially start the game right. is pretty high. And the you drones are, are swarming you. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I got it, killed by a drone. I did too. Uh, it can depend very much on what, yep. like, what planet you rolled onto. So my first planet I rolled on with uh, hostile sentinels. <laughs> And so I was I was mining something I needed to stay alive. Right. And I, I was immediately getting attacked. So I went and I jumped in the ship and I just sat there. And then they were just shooting the ship. And I was like, <laughs> well, I can't fly it away. Right. What am I going to do? So I, I hopped out and tried to run away. But then all my, my limited life support and hazard, <laughs> right. because it was also, I think, a toxic planet, was draining down That's really what fast. I yep, and I was point. just, I would, like I was like, you know what? Mm -mm. Rerolled again. Because I decided with this update to start over. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. do. I I have another save that's got a m upgraded ship, and I've got a like highly upgraded exosuit, and I've got all that stuff, and I've got a ton of money, so I can spend it on whatever. But I decided to start over because I wanted to see how the early game progression and how they really lead you into and through the game had changed. Uh, big shift. Yeah. Aside from those very stressful first few minutes, I didn't feel left as nearly as adrift as I did when the game first came out, where I was just having to like look online and go, "What yeah, am no, they, I right. supposed to right. do?" Right, they walk you through it, and yep. that's great. They do. They've also uh, really redone resources. So there's a bunch of resources that weren't in the game when it initially launched, and they also did. Uh, they introduced biome-specific resources. Oh, yeah. So there's a uh, planets and find out what's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's also uh, like ferrite dust uh, appears above ground. If you're looking for cobalt, you need oh, to I look in a cave. Yeah, uh, there will be some types of resources that only spawn on certain types of planets. Certain resources only that are found underwater versus above. But um, kind of piggybacking on what you said, I made the mistake of jumping into my original account. Mm. Um, I have been to the center. I've visited 320 planets. So I was like, I'm not giving up on this. I'm going to jump in. Um, and they changed so much that all the upgrades that I made to my suit, my ship, and my gun were completely um, destroyed. So all that were in there were like techno or technology modules. Which Did is you have to the do space? It. Yeah, the space was still there. But all the upgrades, Something. so now I have to go back and re-upgrade everything, buy all the resources to do it again. And that can get real expensive. Yeah, so I immediately was like, oh, this is how we're going to do it. I'm just going to start over and start new. Was that frustrating since you had put all that work into the original game, like you were being punished <sighs> a little bit? I have a very love-hate relationship <laughs> with No Man's Sky. Yeah, God. yeah. Um, 
I played the game and I kind you've of put kept. In, you've put in hundreds of hours. I think I'm at 200 hours on that game. Jeez. And uh, I, I, when I first played the game, I was like, I'm putting blinders on. I'm not going to listen to any of the media. I'm not going to listen to any complaining. I just want to get to the center. Right. Um, and when I got to the center, my ship was fully upgraded. My suit was fully upgraded. And uh, spoiler alert. Um, when you get to the center, it just launches you straight into the back of the beginning of the galaxy. And if that's not enough to get you excited, uh, it breaks every single piece of armor that you've upgraded, every single upgrade to your ship. So to your point of like, when I opened it up and I saw everything was broken and I was like, ah, oh, okay, you know, I've been here before. <laughs> I'm used to being punished over. by this game. Yeah, yeah. so, but um, I, I, when I started you over. get fucked. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's kind of the nice thing is that like I started it over and I've got a brand new character and because I've been to the center and because I kind of know what the game is, I'm in no rush. So it's like I'm playing with the building mechanics and um, when they did the foundation update, it was like, oh, here's five different buildings that you can build. But now it's like kind of like arc where you can put a foundation or a wall or a door in kind of uh, the terraform. I was building in a winter planet. I was like mining into a mountain. Mm -hmm. So I was protected from the outside and building my house inside the mountain. Some Minecraft. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The building is actually like pretty easy and intuitive. Like mm -hmm. the, the, the things snap exactly where you want them. It's pretty easy to navigate that menu. There's like a good amount of options now. Like a, a good amount of control, like there's a lot of depth in the menus now, but they've, they've handled it pretty well on controller. Terrible on PC, yeah. or on uh, keyboard and mouse, but good on controller. Yeah, yeah. I just like dicking around my starting <laughs> planet. Like it's, and I mean this in a, it's boring, but it's boring in a good way now. Like there's there's stuff to do, but it's 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 relaxing and fun yeah. just to just to explore. Just so I think it fulfilled the promise of what they set out to do, but. It's it's one of those you can play however you want. You yeah. can you can fly around, uh, and I still love the getting in your ship and leaving the planet. I still think that mechanic is so cool to look at. But I, I just kind of like getting to learn my getting to know my individual planet yeah. and just playing around I, with it. I'm not. I haven't played enough yet to really have decided if this is a this update will bring me back or not. But I'm not sure what the driving factor is for, like, if you want, like, I want to play co-op, but, yes. like, what, other than... To do what? Right, yeah. Where where are my, I don't necessarily need objectives, but are am I going to fight harder and harder enemies? Right. Am I going to get better and better gear? Like, where is the treadmill there? Or is it just build a cool base, explore with your friends? Yeah. And that's fine. It just might not be for me if that's the only thing. Right. It, it would be nice for <laughs> some... Hello Games is like... Really? Yeah. <laughs> We've given you everything. Uh, even in Minecraft, there's like an end boss, you yeah. know, or there, and I think it would be cool if there was something like that in the game. Maybe well, there is that we don't know about. I, I, I think that would be I, a nice I, touch. So I have heard uh, Adam was playing, he said he got attacked by pirates, and I was like, that immediately. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's, 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 that's one Space thing. Space pirates? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's immediately something that I'm into, because like, <laughs> okay, here's an enemy. Right. Our friends can go swarm and we can have space battles. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The, and I, you can take on missions, too. Yeah. So it's not, not like a story progression thing or anything, but uh, on space stations, which are now vastly improved yeah. over launch, remember, yeah. at launch, you'd get on this enormous space station, and then there was, was one guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like one guy in this one room who'd be like, what do you want? Yeah. Uh, and now they're... Like they're open, you can talk to yeah, like a, a dozen different guys. There are uh, different vendors, so you can buy blueprints for technology upgrades or uh, blueprints for new pieces of bases. Or there's a dude who will give you missions to complete, and then they'll they'll improve your standing with 
that particular alien race. And then once you've improved your standing with that race, then they can give you guild missions. It doesn't feel like you walked into an office on the weekend. Yeah. And there's <laughs> only like uh, two guys there. Yeah. With the lights working. flickering. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, there, there isn't, there isn't like, just people walking around and having fun. They're like they're not, they're not other visitors to the space station yet, though. Uh, if I've you're seen. there at the same time as someone, sure. Think, but I'm just talking but, about like AI, just people like walking around having a cigarette or whatever. There, I did find. So uh, I've been to a couple of them now, and they do like there'll be a group over here that are talking. You don't know what they're talking about. You can't just overhear them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there'll be one that might give you a random mission. Or I talk to each of them, and I'll get either get uh, like learn a word off them or. Uh, go and be like, what should I go check out? Yeah. And they're like, there's a great restaurant over on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, there's a Starbucks down there. I, I've had some performance issues on PC. That game mm. has been a little bit... Really? Yeah. And I'm not sure what, where, like where it's coming from. but So f- initially, the load is like 15 minutes. Okay. Um, well, that's a very long time. Maybe, maybe it was like five minutes. It was like five. It was at least five, somewhere between five and ten. Okay. It's all those um, and, virtual and, pets. And I don't know. I don't know why, <laughs> but like during that initial loading shader screen, like I had like five frames a second. Oh wow! And I, and I, you know what? I had the same thing. Once it loaded in, it was yeah, fun. Yeah, too on PS4. But yeah. it's almost yeah. like it was writing something, or yeah. it was going through its its generation. It was. It was rolling a lot of dice. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me, and that it was getting kind of bogged down. And I got the sort of weird slideshow. I got real worried when the game loaded. It was okay. Yeah, uh, the game and the game runs for the most part okay. It does default to 30 frames a second if you're on PC and you didn't know that. Just switch it to 60. I will say that I have had trouble maintaining 60 frames per second throughout the experience. It definitely dips to like mid 40s, which is bizarre. Um, uh, there also the there's some. I don't know if you guys have this problem. I'm having some draw distance issues um, where there's a lot of things that pop in as you move. Um, and that's sort of inherent to the game when I played on PS4. But like when I'm flying around in a spaceship, I don't see asteroid fields until they're like 100 feet ahead of me. Asteroid fields, I do find, seem to be a shorter draw distance. Yeah. Planets, I don't have that quite as much. Only when I'm flying into planets. Okay. It looks like a, looks like a rug yeah. When I land on the planet, it's like, oh, there's grass. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a little bit for the trees to render in. Yeah. And the, But the one thing I've run into on the PlayStation side is there's, like, a sound bug. So you're playing PS4. Yeah, I'm playing okay. PlayStation 4. So as soon as you, like, launch or, like, you turn your, like, jet engines on to, like, go anywhere, the audio kind of, like, clips. So it's like, and then the engines kick in. Oh, weird. So there's, like, a weird audio bug, but... Um, Loading in was fast, but I do have some of the rendering issues where it's like you land and then there's nothing there, and then I get out of my ship and there's just a tree coming straight through the, the yeah. cockpit of my plane. It's not it's like not like world ending. Yeah. I'm just I'm noticing that I have like a, a decently powerful machine. Like yeah. I can play Witcher 3 on Ultra and all that, and like I'm having trouble running down that sky. So you don't get me wrong. Do you play Witcher 3, Adam? <laughs> yeah, let me I actually <laughs> would like to talk about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I have experienced a couple of weird issues, not in regards to that, but uh, so you can get quests from people, right? these missions, mm-hmm. and uh, this is something that I I will assume will be fixed in an update, but I'm instead of telling me what the mission is, I'm getting their generic variable text. So like, uh, basically like int mission. Oh, cool. Well, and I'm like, 
I'm like, I, this is not supposed to be what this so is. So it hasn't translated? Uh, or Right, like they, they <laughs> instead of putting in what that variable is, variable is supposed to say, <laughs> it just says the name of the variable. And then I, if I go into my log, then I can go, oh, I'm supposed to go feed eight animals. But Oh, but they're not telling. But I don't know what it is. Like when it, when it pops up, I'm just like, so it actually looks like they dropped a like hotfix patch today that fixes all of these issues. I think oh, so cool. far. Great. Okay. Great. They did, they did yeah. say they were aware of and working on some things, and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there will continue to be other things I that are fixed. I think the thing that comes for me though is like when I played it at launch, it was frustrating when every time you warped from galaxy to galaxy, it crashed. Um, so like every time you Didn't hit the warp that. button, yeah. well, that was for me on the PlayStation oh. when I was trying to stream it, it would immediately just crash the game. Um, and then we would also have issues where, like, um, we literally the planet I landed on before we got to the center of the uh, universe um, was mining resources, and then the ground just disappeared, and I sunk right into the center of the the planet, and I couldn't get back up or anything like that. So, for the last two days of playing this, I haven't had any of those issues. So I'm just like, that's this a, game, that's great. a lot of improvement. Yeah, yeah. Like basic functionality. Yeah, basic functionality. Yeah. What made you stick with it for that long? Because that seems like the Ooh. most masochistic thing. Yeah. So I, it's always been the dreamer effect. I've always had a, an appreciation of the game. Like even though they came out and they overpromised and oversold the game. Right. Um, I think somebody said it great this week on your guys' show where they're like, it's finally out of alpha and finally out of beta. It's like the game you're but supposed to But there was still get. something cool there. No yeah, Man's Sky like, has finally released. Yeah. Yeah, not early <laughs> My thing was that like, we were at a time when Star Wars Battlefront came out and everyone was like, oh, there's only uh, two playable maps. And then I'm like, well, you look at No Man's Sky, they literally gave you like 18 quintillion planets to explore. Yeah. And even though like all the planets are kind of boring and like, yeah, <laughs> They still, like, they raise the bar in the gaming industry. Yes, and that's yes. kind of been, like, my appreciation of the game that's kind of kept me around. Is like, you guys did something that with only eight people at the time, right. that other studios, they try to achieve it, and it takes them much, much longer at times. See, I felt like the, I felt like there was a lot of Molyneux effect going on mm -hmm. with the release of the game. I feel like they, they talked it up way too much. And if they hadn't, said yeah. if they hadn't talked about some of the features that didn't make it in for launch and you know I know that there are there were occasions where they like some you know we're going to continue to add things after the game launches but weren't clear about what is in at launch and what they're going to continue to work on in the future so it was so much talk of this grand vision that mm -hmm. then wasn't the game that was delivered yeah. um I was you know I was with a lot of other people and being like this is this is not cool the, the communication here was clearly off. Someone someone should have shut you up. Yeah. Because the game that you sold is not the game that gamers were able to buy. And I don't think that is a... I don't think that's a solid foot to start on yeah. with your gaming community. Right. I think it's great that there were... There's a lot of gamers who did enjoy and stick with it through, they found they're like, you know what, I, I like just having 18 quintillion planets. If they're not great, you know what, it's still something for me to do, it's fun, I'm enjoying myself, great. And I think it's good. Yeah. If you like something, fuck yeah man, like it. But I think the people who were upset and disappointed about what the product ended up being had good reason to do so, and I don't think that disappointment would have been there if they had been more upfront oh, yeah. and clear about what was coming at launch versus what was coming later. Do you think they could have, as a company, waited another year to
to release it and still have that hype building up for it. Because I feel like if you look at where they were after a year, they had vehicles and they had buildings. So it's like, there's at least some of that there, or would you think that no, the multiplayer would still be there? They the would need to release... The thing they could have done is just said, this is early access. Yeah. If they had been upfront about that fact, that would have changed a bunch of things as well. But I feel like the game that they marketed is the game that is now out two right. years later. Yeah, right. No, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I've, you know? I've uh, never played a game where I felt, well, I've, I've played many games where I feel like I just flushed $60 down the toilet. Yeah. And this is pretty much how that felt. But this is a very rare example of them completely, I, I feel like, redeeming it putting in what they said they did. I'm, I'm surprised they stayed in business, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. to, mm -hmm. to get the money to keep going for two years, to bring it up to an acceptable level. So I think um, I think they deserve a ton of credit for doing that. I think 99% of other developers would have just cut their losses. Um, yeah. Bioware folded. cut their losses on yeah. that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this Within like a month of people being upset about it. For a new IP, like they, they kind of did something similar with Final Fantasy XIV. They shut it down. They built an, a, you know, almost a completely new game. But this, for a new studio to stick with it like this, I, I do think speaks volume. So as bad as the launch was, I think they deserve a ton of credit. I agree. It would have been easy to take that money, yeah. run, and just yeah. never work in games again because <laughs> that would be a difficult thing yeah. to do. Yeah. But they, they did stick it out. Mm -hmm. And while I would have liked the the launch to have been different than it was. Uh, it does go a long way with me yes. that they stuck with it and worked on it yeah. and have continued to add to it. Yeah, I think, I think at some point we need to get together and do some multiplayer and see what the driving force is and see if yeah. it's like, yeah. if, if the multiplayer really does add enough to the game to make it feel like we're, we have stuff to do. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm not far enough. I'm not making any judgments on the game yet because I'm, I'm just treating it like a new game, and I'm only a few hours in. I want to get to a certain point where I, I know all the systems and I've, I've been to enough places that I sort of understand what the game is like, and then I'll make some decisions. I will say, I wish the flying was better. Yeah, I would. I fully agree with that. The flying to me is like I got into some uh, dogfights in space the other day, and I was like, this isn't a hundred percent there. I was like, it just, it's still tough because. It's not seam. It's not seamless, and it's not smooth as I wish it would be. For it, it, it it's really arcadey, and it it sort of reminds me of like an inverse Elite Dangerous, where the flying is really arcadey, but the focus is more on the planets and exploring those. Where as Elite Dangerous is the there's planets, but the focus is on the flying and the ship sim. And I wish that some of those elements were merged because I would love to play this game and with a Hotas, and I would love to like spend time upgrading my ship and mm -hmm. like like just exploring space as a whole mm -hmm. rather than it feeling like a, a weird taxi. One thing I want to see, and I kind of want someone <laughs> to call um, Sean Murray and ask him, is that he one of the biggest criticisms was like how ugly and boring planets were. Yeah. And now it seems like the ugly and boring planets are all sodium and they're filled of salt. So I don't know if that's like a jab at like all the saltiness <laughs> that he got where he's like, oh, here you go. Have some salt. Have your so salt filled we, yeah, you, You've all restarted, right? Yeah. yeah. I restarted, I'm yeah. curious about what your experiences were for your planet. So my first planet was kind of boring and rocky, um, but as soon as I got out into space, I saw a ringed planet. That was the first thing I saw, and mm -hmm. I landed on it. And it was sort of a, again, not a super exciting, but the third planet I landed on was the lush, like there are oceans to swim around mm -hmm. in. There are, there's grass everywhere. There's trees. There's cute, stupid little spore-like creatures walking around. 
Um, what was like? Did you guys have any order set or like? What was your experience like in that? Um, so, you know, I sort of I started over a couple of times. Mm -hmm. The first time I spawned on a toxic planet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, with with, yeah. with unhappy sentinels. So not a great combination. Uh, so I just went fuck it and restarted again. Ended up on a snowy planet. It was lovely. I love snow. You know, it's a nice mm -hmm. place to go snowboarding. And uh, that was a well, lot. Yeah, that was a lot yeah. better. Yeah. And it was a it was a ringed planet. So that was cool. Like mm -hmm. I can see the rings. Um, that was One a, a cool nice. One thing addition. about the rings that I was like, oh, that's a cool aesthetic. Is like I actually flew into the rings and there was like an asteroid belt. Yeah. So I was like, cool. oh, that's yeah, like yeah. cool that's aesthetic and definitely yeah. I want to take a planet and just mine all its ring away. <laughs> take a while. Take a while, yeah. probably. Fun little game I devised for myself was fly through an asteroid belt with boost on and just hold your gun down, see if you can make it through. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. That's the oh, most yeah. fun I've had. Yeah. <laughs> um, the yeah. So the the planet I started on, the snow planet, was pretty cool. I haven't been to a lush lush planet yet. Mm -hmm. I have landed on a lot of poisonous planets. Uh, I landed on one hot desert planet that was kind of cool, but I haven't found the one that's got like the crazy awesome grass with the oceans. Um, you haven't, I haven't found your the, forever planet. No, I haven't. <laughs> so we? I haven't set, I haven't, yeah. I'm not setting down a base. Well, I wasn't. I might actually set one down now that I found the low atmosphere planet just because I can mine the, the little graviton ball things. You know the little yeah. glowy, the little glowy little balls? money for you? Yeah. Yeah, there was do, a lot. Do you do we have any confirmation on on super creatures like the giant worm from the first trailer? I ran into a creature that I had never seen in the game yesterday. It wasn't like that, but it was like it, the biggest thing I could say is like a giant crab with like eight legs, and then it had like a shell, and then uh, its neck was kind of like curved like a giraffe. And the only reason it caught my attention was like I thought it was a tree, and it's like big. So when I walked up to it, I was like, oh, look at this tree, and then it started moving. And I immediately like That's jumped cool. back, but I haven't seen or heard anything on Reddit of like the sandworm from uh, Beetlejuice that they showed off in that right. original trailer or anything like that. I can't find anything like that, but have you guys run into any of the biological horrors on any of the planets? Or the heard biological about horrors? This? I've run into plants that whip my butt and makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those, those plants? Oh, I'm vindictive about those plants. They surprise I, me a lot. I harvest mm -hmm. the crap out of those plants. I'm like, oh, you think so? You think so? They tend to be good for oxygen. Yeah. Very good. So that's the other thing is that they made the minerals completely different as well. So in the past, it was like you had to have thamium and like plutonium. And now it's like oxygen literally runs everything you need. But it's yeah. also the hardest mineral to find in the game now. Well, it's, you can just, it's, all, it's also nice because there's just little plants you walked up to and you don't even have to mine them. You just push yeah. the yes. interact mm -hmm. button. Yeah. The, the, the thing that also, I don't know if, I don't know, I don't, my memory is bad, but I think... Like the ore deposits used to be pillars. They did. Yeah. So and that's now, now one it's like thing they're in the ground and you use the terrain manipulator. Such an improvement. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. in terms just, of just like in terms of like yeah, the the planet like looking nice is uh, they did make the a lot of the deposits subterranean. So you see like a little blip on the top, and now you mine down into the planet instead of just looking up at the pillar of mineral. You're like ah yes this, yeah, and then just getting rid of that. You are now mining, which yeah. is. Uh, I agree, a lot more immersive, a lot more like realistic simi, very cool. And that's, yeah. um, they started doing that when they introduced the terrain manipulator. The other thing that uh, I've really been enjoying and I, I, I didn't even see it coming was uh, like the buried treasure aesthetic. Have you guys oh, that yet? Yeah. Buried treasure. Yeah, where like you, there's like hidden technology upgrades that you go to and you use the terrain manipulator mm -hmm. to dig them up. And I was like, this is cool. Never thought about this aesthetic awesome. in the game. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I found one and it was like, you need stuff. And I was like, I don't know where to get that stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, then you can spend that on, uh, you 
chuck it into a blueprint, the, like basically yeah. the, the blueprint reader, and then you can uh, learn new types of blueprints for your bases. And stuff. Have, have so you guys? There is some cool stuff there. Have you, have you, have you used a freighter? I want to know what the freighter. Yeah, I got one for free. Um, Great. So there's, uh, if you see a freighter getting attacked, this literally happened last night. It was getting attacked, and I rescued it from the pirates. And the captain was like, I don't want to work this anymore. And he's like, here's the sh keys to the ship. And I was <laughs> like, okay. Retires. Just a random space guy, here's the keys. Great. Which, like, so you want to do that, because they're, what, like 60 million yeah. credits how's, or something. How's that freighter? Is it so it's cool. And the, the thing I compare it to is, like, um, Assassin's Creed used to have this mechanic where you could send ships out to do, like, missions for you. Um, your freighter can essentially do that. You can land on your freighter and be like, hey, for the next two hours you're going to be running this trade route and giving you money and resources from that so can it's you cool fly the freighter you can teleport it to the planet that you're on so if you're on the ground you can teleport it and it'll like appear like a star destroyer up above gotcha. yeah but you can't manually get in the pilot seat oh i haven't seen it yet uh, well now that you've got um like with the the new update too i believe you can have a fleet of, mm -hmm. of freighters yeah. and then you can have like a command ship and the command ship is where you can get multiplayer missions as well. But otherwise, you can send different freighters around to like different spots. Yeah, so, that's badass. Yeah, yeah it's, cool. it's pretty. Like it seems like a good way to build up yeah. your empire in the the long run. Yeah. What, what are the biological horrors, Ben? Is that what you call them? Yeah. So there, there. I guess are reports from a uh, PC gamer columnist uh, where he landed on a planet that. He just, it said was lifeless uh, once he had first landed. But he found on his tracker there were things called like these lifeless eggs that he could walk up to and open up and find like 9,000 gold or something like that. Yes. I, I found uh, one that I would like open up these pods. They were a different icon on the scanner and I would open these gross little organic like seed looking pods and there'd be some kind of pearl inside. Don't you know yes. better? Haven't right. you seen Aliens? Any well, so, sci-fi movie yeah, that's kind of, let you know. So I sold them. Someone I else could deal with that. <laughs> and it was like, it was the same shell and it has like kind of similar to the Gravitino ball inside but like you open it and a creature pops out and starts attacking. Alien. Yeah. I haven't had that. Yeah, no. so, yeah that yeah. happened to me on a planet and it's, yeah, this thing. Biological horror detected. Oh God. And so, I made the mistake I wasn't paying attention so I opened like four of these eggs on a planet and so four of these creatures are chasing me. I did what you did. I just jumped in my ship and was like, can't get me in here. I'm just, I'm safe. But it's, it's pretty terrifying. So apparently there's two different types of eggs on that planet. There's whispering eggs and humming eggs. Okay. One of them gives you treasure. The other will unleash a biological horror on okay, you. Okay, I think... Whispering eggs, yeah. I think the humming egg gave me the pearls. Yeah. Cool. Two. Yeah, that's a cool... That's yeah. a cool... And that's the thing I've been enjoying about it is, like, I, I didn't really play it when the Atlas update came. I was just kind of took a break. And coming back to it, I'm like, oh, this is... This is cool. I'm discovering stuff again. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I posted it to a friend the other day. I'm like, I'm excited to see where this game is going. And they said they're going to be doing like a weekly community event yeah. coming up or something like that. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah they it sounds like they're, they're ready to communicate again. Now yeah. that this update's out, it's going to be a community-focused game. They're going to be weekly updates and probably more future content updates as well. Yeah, well, and they are still working on multiplayer for uh, GOG consumers. So... This, I, uh, I guess the um, the Atlas Rises update for GOG players also didn't include the rudimentary multiplayer, uh, and the the full multiplayer is also currently not available for GOG players. What's the so deal? So if with you, that? so I mean, they haven't detailed. If we were to speculate, it would be that Steam already has all these tool sets in place for you know for like the. The matchmaking for connecting people for running all that stuff uh, and 
GOG doesn't necessarily have as sophisticated a tool set for that stuff yet or at this point. Uh, so there are complications there. Uh, and they said they are planning on getting the multiplayer to GOG uh, players via GOG Galaxy sometime this year, but they don't have a date, which is always <laughs> kind of, con or you know, even a window beyond sometime this year, which is understandably kind of concerning. Right. Uh, GOG is offering refunds, though, for people who don't want to wait, which is nice. I think it's nice. extended refunds, too. So like, it is. So it's like ago. even if it's been more than 30 days since you bought the game, you can get a refund. GOG is doing that out of their own pocket. Uh, and uh, I think it's I think it's credit. Like it's not a money back thing. It's a GOG store credit. But if you Still. if that's a, if that is a bigger deal to you than the GR DRM of GOG or the lack of DRM, then I think it's fifty percent off on Steam right now. So you can pick it up for thirty bucks if you are okay switching storefronts. If you want the multiplayer more than you want the game to be DRM free. Otherwise, we'll see when that multiplayer comes, but that's just one of the things they're working on. They said they're planning on doing sort of like community events and additional improvements and, and sort of starting to launch like weekly activities now that they've got the game in a place that they are more satisfied with. It looks like you are right about the, the tech issues. I guess they released a statement saying, for a small independent studio, developing the feature across multiple platforms is a hugely ambitious and technical challenge, which resulted in this delayed release. Uh, Hello Games is, however, joining forces with GOG.com to introduce full multiplayer via the GOG Galaxy platform. But yeah, it seems like something wrong with the platform itself. Yeah. Um, well, one thing, speaking of multiplayer, uh, we talked about last week of whether it would be opt-in or opt-out. It's weird. On the surface, it looks like you can't opt out because you just choose join a server where people can join you or join other people. But when you like join a, your own server or whatever or create a server, uh, you can then turn off network play. So you can opt out of that. You can also opt out of just people seeing your base. Hmm. Um, so there's complete opt out, just in case people are wondering. Cool. So you can be alone in the universe. Yes. I, I, in your general options or network options, you can say network play off. Mind you, I haven't, I haven't run into anyone <laughs> at this I, point. I had a friend join my game, and I said, I don't want to play with anyone right now. Network <gasps> play off. <Yeah. laughs> Go away. It's crazy. Like, I've been to, like I said, 300 plus planets. I have never ran across a planet that somebody else has discovered. Really? Yeah, there's, never. That's because there's too many fucking yeah, planets. Well, also, also they, did, they did erase... Yeah. Uh, for a while. I don't know if they're still doing it, but at the beginning, I think it was like, it was a while. It was like two weeks or something, but then they would erase all your discovery data. Oh, man. Nice. So then planets would go back to being undiscovered. <laughs> Love that. Uh, but, you know, I think that's also changing now because when you, um, uh, when you get to, you know, like you can find these ancient portals mm -hmm. and they've got these glyphs that basically tell you like, this is the address for this portal so you can have someone else come in through the portal and join you. So it's a, a way to quickly or more quickly get together. Uh, and so I imagine that that kind of thing is gonna change once it's, cause it's easier to just go join someone's bit of universe. It's mm -hmm. pretty cool. So pretty interested to see where it goes from here. Uh, I, you know, there are a lot of people I'm seeing that are still like, I will never ever support this game or ever look at it, at it again. Screw these guys for not delivering the game that they promised at launch. And you know what? I I totally understand that. If that's if that like you if I mean, you've if you've, yeah. you've moved on from the the game that came out two years ago and yeah. you've got <laughs> no interest, all right, yeah. you, you, you were promised a full game and you 
paid a full price for it, and you did not get that. And I, that's completely yeah, respectable yeah. that you yep. don't want to play it again. I'm I'm just happy yeah. we're able to give it a new chance. I know yeah. two years ago when we talked about this on the, on, the, on the patch, we were like, I can't wait to see where this game is in two years. And we're finally there. So we we're to, there. We have to give it a shot. We're yeah. there. So, um, uh, yeah, for me, I'm happy to have a game that I'm having fun with. And yeah. I don't feel like as I'm playing it, I'm waiting for it to get fun at some point. I have frustrations because I, you know, I did start over and I'm like, I just wanna, I just wanna upgrade right. my suit, I just right. wanna upgrade my tools, I just wanna upgrade my ship. Get I'm running out of space shit. and yeah. I feel like I don't have money and I'm, yep. you know, like I know where my quality of life was and it's not right. there right. yet now that I found a planet with gravity balls that <laughs> might change very quickly. But Rolling but money. those are all also frustrations that I'm choosing to have because I decided to start over. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying myself and so I'm, I'm pretty pleased with that and we'll see where it goes from here uh would you recommend picking it up now uh i would uh i think playstation and uh, on amazon for playstation it's like 19.99 um so from that standpoint i'm like that's a that's a no-brainer on the playstation yeah it's, it's also half off on steam right now yeah so I don't, I don't, xbox has like it at like 45 or 50 or Come something on, like xbox. that yeah look it's just <laughs> launching on that console yeah I, uh, break. I had a buddy who called me yesterday and um we used to play it on playstation together and he swore off the game uh, and he's like, should I get it on Xbox? And I was like, look, this is what they've changed. Uh, you and I were both into ARC. This is what the features of ARC that they've kind of brought in. This is what they brought in from Astro. And um, kind of giving it from that perspective. And he was like, you know, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll, I'll end up buying it, so. I, I don't know if I recommend it yet. I'm not, I'm not deep enough in. Uh, I'm not saying I don't recommend it, but. You're I just not making a recommendation either way. I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. pick yet. Yeah, I don't think, uh, if it were on sale for $60, like when it launched, I would say no. Yeah. 20, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I think it's still in that range. Um, I have I have friends who are also getting back into it, so that's the, the biggest part of any of these multiplayer games. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's to some sort of level where it's purchasable, yeah. which is not where it was before. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, but it feels like they built, like, a, a, a nice platform now, a nice framework to add all kinds of stuff in the future, yeah. like y'all were talking about earlier. And I think that's, um, it's, it's in a good spot. Yeah, yeah I feel like it launched as a, an overall okay, but unexceptional sort of space sandbox yes. idea. And mm -hmm. I feel like now, now it's a game. They put some No idea what if there's an end. Yeah. Right. So that'll be curious. I'm curious to know where they go with that direction. But uh, Minecraft also didn't launch with the end. Yeah, so, true. you know, we'll, we'll see. Right. Somebody eventually get else, to the point so. where there are people that can destroy whole planets and then there's the now forces of good yeah. that need to fight them. Some EVE Online shit. Let's fucking yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> see, I've always thought that would be cool if you could build, like, cities on a planet I and then, be... like, mine from, like, create, like, a little empire where you're like, oh, I'm mining Graviton Balls over here, but we're bringing it back to the capital on this planet and you just have ships going. I was like, if they ever do that. Well, I would love to see could, the civilization You could potentially update. do that with your... With your players now is yeah. maybe not a full city, but you can get a you could get a pretty significant outpost. Nice get get everyone with yeah. your, your your portals. Have true. a good time. Uh, yeah. I don't think we'll ever see it, but I would love to see the the city like the civilization update where we could land on planets and see actually planets that are populated. Yeah. That'd be cool. When I used to stream the game, the question is like, are we gonna come across planet Earth? And I was like, no, there's not gonna be a planet Earth in this game. It's gonna be too <laughs> tough. There is an elite, you just can't land on it, and you have to have a, a pass to go there. 
All right, so let us know if you're planning on checking No Man's Sky out, or if you've been playing since they dropped the next update, and if so, what you think about it. If you've got some really kick-ass planets, uh, and you know of a, of a portal address nearby, let us know. I kind of want to check it out. I want to find an all-metal planet. That'll be fun. So, we'll see, but um, overall, pretty cool. Now, there is some industry stuff to talk about as well. There's always different things happening uh, in the video game industry. Nothing that's going to change the world this week, but some interesting insights uh, from uh, the changing of the old guard, as it were, with a couple of major gaming companies. So, let's talk about the news. All right, first up. This is some next generation Xbox talk. Uh, at E3, Phil Spencer did say that Xbox is hard at work in architecting the next generation of Xbox consoles. Now they did note multiple iterations, not super surprising. Xbox 360 had what, what the, at the time was the core? Core, and then that, that became arcade. Uh, and then they had the, the Pro, so they launched with multiple tiers of consoles. It looks like they're planning on doing something like that again with their next generation of Xbox hardware. And one of them looks like a traditional console. All the power, everything running the games is there in the box, in your house, uh, running locally. And another version that might be more of a, a lower price point is potentially going to be a hybrid streaming console. <laughs> so, not full streaming, not like a stick that you plug into the TV and then everything runs somewhere else and just streams it down to you, but that it might run some of the, uh, like, parts of the game locally, things like uh, collision detection, that sort of thing, and, and then offload some of the other processing work to the cloud. <laughs> this is something Microsoft talked about doing in the past, remember, was what, 2013 and they're like, oh, we're gonna offload all the hard work to the cloud. <laughs> and then they sort of stopped Just mentioning kidding. that yeah. kind of thing. Or with Crackdown 3, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, and that turned out great. It turns out yeah. that whole game is still just yes. in the cloud, playing by itself. Right. One day we'll get uh, Yes, someday. <laughs> so, the, it's kind of an interesting approach that they may be taking. And again, this is, this is based on a leak uh, from you know, uh, some groups that have gotten accurate information ahead of announcements in the past, but is, it's not an official announcement. So. You know, we count it as speculation to some degree for now, but I think it's interesting. Streaming hasn't, streaming for video games, that, that being, that, the, the terminology gets confusing now because streaming means a couple things. Yeah. You can stream the game and you can stream the game. Yeah. You can either, you're playing it locally and streaming it to an audience or you are, the game is, you're playing something that's actually being processed on a box 100 miles away and then it is just being sent the pictures are being sent back to you. Yeah. I got a free test of uh, PlayStation Now, and uh, I got—I was like, I want to see what the service is about. Uh, so I tried to pick like the most, in my opinion, what would be like the heaviest graphic demanding game on there. So I was like, oh, let's play Saints Row. Um, it worked. It wasn't like if I put a disc in the console and ran it, but it, it was still there. Um, 
Ideally, yeah, I mean, if we're talking next gen, that's got to be what, two years from now? Hopefully 2020, 2021. Um, it looks like they may be aiming 2020. Okay. Again, that's in the report. Yeah. That's speculation, nothing confirmed. But if they are going to try and get ahead of the PS5, which I think they said isn't coming <clears> until <throat> at least 2021, well, then maybe 2020 is the window. I'd like to think the technology is going to be available to make that, like, turning on Netflix and you're switching through games and you're like, oh, I want to play this one and you, and you play it. So, I mean, I'm all for it. I just, I want to make sure that it works. I don't want to pay for a service that's going to be kind of half-baked or, uh, yeah. I think that the service will probably be better than what we're used to. However, I still think there will be some compromises to be made. Like, yeah. I don't think that any games that require, like, Twitch, like, Twitch responses are going to be... The, that's not going to be the ideal way to play, but the the thing I've heard from people at Xbox in, in E3 interviews was just that they want to give players the options uh, to enjoy their games, and whether that be on Windows through games for, or uh, what's that called? Play Anywhere. Um, or whether that be on their Xbox consoles, or whether that be on a less performant but still accessible streaming platform. Like, they want... I think their idea is less like, this is the best way to play it, than it is, this is an option. And if you want to make the sacrifice, or potentially not, like, just slightly less performant, then play it this way. Or, you, like, I think eventually they want to bring that streaming platform to, like, mobile devices. And yeah. they, want, they want more ways to play and more options for players. So, well, I think it will be better. I don't think it'll be, like, what we're used to in just playing a standard game. Yeah. So... I think that that's the part that excites me about this, is that potentially in the future, I mean, we're talking five, ten years, that the idea of PlayStation versus Xbox is no longer the idea of a console, but maybe just a, you know, a smartphone app, just yeah, like the difference service. between... Yeah, so like a Showtime or HBO, it would be PlayStation or Xbox, and that excites me. I think that's a great idea. Yep. You know, and, and there there is something about this shift as well that not everyone is on board with, which I understand. It is a move to a service concept and there are a lot of people who are like, no, I want to own these things, I want to have them physically, this is a thing that I possess, not a thing that I rent. And so for, you know, for that type of consumer, this shift is a difficult one, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's gonna be, I think they, as an industry, need to continue to create like a place and <coughs> a type of product for people who want to own their stuff. In this case, it looks like they're like, all right, well, we're gonna have a traditional console. You get that, that's fine. Um, but that we are seeing the same sort of shift that movies have been making, where like, yeah, there's Blu-rays, whatever, that's cool. Or you can just buy it on on right. Apple or on, on the Google store or on the Microsoft store, or like wherever it is, and then we'll just stream the movie down to you whenever you wanna watch it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely one of those gamers. I, I I like streaming movies and all that, but for video games, I still want that option of being able to own it. I know I don't own the game. I know it's still a license, but still like something physical and and being able to play it offline. Well, one of the other kind of speculation game. things I'm seeing is uh, like in line with their fast start like announcement they had at E3 is imagine being able to <clears> say, hey, this new game just launched at 11 right. p.m. I'm going to start playing it, and it just says, you can play this now. It'll be streamed while it's downloading and installing in the background. That's awesome. Yeah. And that yeah. way you can just instantly start playing without having to wait. And, and, and that's cool. I, I do feel like it's just slow. I feel like they're gradually trying to push that out, though. You know, And right. I, I do feel like ultimately it's going to be streaming. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, you can see the writing on the wall. It, 
it feels like Microsoft's trying to be careful to not repeat the mistakes of their Xbox One announcement here. Like, or that's what that's my guess is yeah. that nope, you'll still have an option. You can still play, you know, physical copies and offline. Um, but it's interesting if 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 that's the way people want to play it. You know, there's no fighting. I don't, I don't the think it'll be. Going. I don't think it'll be exclusively streaming. I think we'll still see digital ownership yeah. in some sense, like we do on Steam. Right. But I think we'll probably have. We'll eventually move to at least all digital and streaming. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I mean, I I do appreciate having physical boxes, but I think this is the generation where I've been more comfortable making that switch. Yeah. I think partially because of Steam, because it's just. You don't really have options there. I mean, you can right. it's like it's difficult to find a PC game in stores now. Yeah, yeah, like if you go to like a lot of stores, just straight up don't sell them. Yeah. Um, and like with PS4, the same thing is like, well, I could, I don't want to pre-order games anymore. So when I when it finally comes time to buy the game, do I really want to go all the way to the store? Or can I just download it and have it ready for me when I get home or whatever? And to switch back and forth very quickly from right. your games. That's it is awesome. Right. Yeah. So we'll see where that ends up going. I think it's an interesting thought experiment. Yeah. Um, I, you know, but it is, it is a risk, and so we'll see how it pays off. Um, and another sort of, you know, we everything shifts as time rolls on. Uh, there was a recent interview with a former Bioware developer, James Olin, who was um, he was a, a big talent for Bioware. He did um, he worked on Baldur's Gate, but then he did Baldur's Gate 2. He did the Old Republic. He's like a very old school Bioware employee responsible for, for some of the the classics that made that like made Bioware the the studio that it's become. Uh, and he recently left the company. And he is just the the latest of many of the old school talent who've left. I think the founders what they wanted started like a brewing company. Doing well. oh, they, I don't, they left video games altogether, and I think they were like, we just want to make beer, which <laughs> I think is awesome. But uh, it's, you know, we've seen this shift, a lot of old guard talent leaving Bioware. And he did an interview recently where he talked a little bit about why that is um, and why the studio has changed. And he's very complimentary of his time at Bioware. You know, he said he, he's been there for 22 years or something like that. And he, you know, and he said he's, you know, he's had a great time. He's worked on a lot of stuff. Um, but he just wanted to, uh, he wanted to go and do something a little bit different. His passion is like, he's really big into like the, the D&D realm of things. And that's not quite what Bioware's doing these days. You know, you could see that with, like the, the Baldur's Gate, the Neverwinter Nights type of thing. And now the the focus has shifted, but he wants to do that. So now that's what he's doing. He's he's building D&D projects. <laughs> um, Arcane and Worlds is his, is his mm -hmm. new thing. And, you know, he's just, he wanted to chase his bliss and, you know, all about that. But he said that when you see a lot of these old school talent leaving, that, you know, there's a lot of reason why that might be the case. Is like they... People have been there for 10 to 15 years. Not everyone is going to retire from the studio that they started at or that right. they've been there for that long. Sometimes you you just want to change the scenery. You want to do something a little bit different. And that is, in the course of a professional career, totally natural. Yeah. And, and also, if you move up higher in a company like he has done over 22 years, you're going to become probably management. Uh, you're going to be spending a lot more of your time in meetings rather than just 
purely making games and purely creative endeavors. And that's what it really sounded like in this interview that he wanted to get back to. He also talked about working on Star Wars The Old Republic. He compared it to steering a, the Titanic. <laughs> Not in terms of a, a failure, but in terms or of Or like size. an iceberg or anything? Right. But just right. as big. But, but just... Uh, he could make sort of minor corrections, but managing, and I think like a thousand people, it's just a lot. And it, he talked about the responsibility of these games that need to make mil hundreds of millions of dollars to justify their expense. It sounds, you know, very stressful. And at some point, you know, once you get in your career, he's probably made enough money to where he can do what he wants to. Yeah. And probably have a lower stress job. Uh, it, it is interesting, and it seems to give... Some clues, if you're in the camp of EA has ruined Bioware, uh, he definitely, if you read between the lines, he's very complimentary of everyone, which makes sense because he might want to come back, you know, to the industry at some point. But it, it does sound like um, it's it's gotten larger scale making AAA games, and it's a lot and this more This is an industry-wide shift. Absolutely. It's mm -hmm. not just Bioware. But um, it, it, it does sound like uh, reading between the lines that it's not maybe as creative as it once was or that it would like to be. There's maybe a lot of different bosses to answer to. Um, and that just, but on some level, that just is what it is. That's the reality of making games in 2018. It is true. Like, you get these budgets now that uh, are, are huge. Yeah. And when you have these huge budgets and, and teams, when you have a, pe a team of 1,000 people, no one person has all the input, right? No. So you don't, you're not the creative mastermind of, of all things the way you can be on a tiny team. Yeah. You... Like everyone has their input, everyone has their say. Like you said, there's a lot of managers, a lot of stakeholders. Yeah. You've got your, you know, all of your different key creatives, uh, and you have to make all of that work. And the money is a consideration because when you have a thousand people, they all need to be paid, and that means that you there is then pressure on the product they're creating to sell a certain, um, like at, at least a certain amount, right. has to right. reach us, has to have a certain market potential, not right. just like, well, this is a thing that we've just wanted to make forever. And so we made it because- right. It's that, not Stardew Valley. It's not uh, World of Goo. It's not even No Man's Sky. I think the reason they were able to keep on is because it was a small studio and mm -hmm. Sean Murray probably said, no, we're fucking sticking with this. Whereas if, you know, he worked for EA. EA would be like, nope, you're shut down. Yeah. Uh, we are going to burn we've, your game to the ground. We've closed your studio and yeah. frozen the IP. Yeah. yeah, and we're going to salt the ground so it can never grow again. But, but you know, that's just, that's what working in a big-ass corporation like this is like. But there's a lot of money involved. And, like, game developers are skilled, like, highly paid, generally, employees. So, yeah, there's a ton of money involved. So it's... Um, it was very interesting, and it felt like he was, um, you know, it, it's understandable why he's doing what he's doing, but it, it does sort of make you think about uh, how expensive these games are, yeah. and if this is a bubble, and is this sustainable, because it has gotten so, it's like the movie industry, like these big, giant tentpole movies, if they or work. these little tiny movies. Right. It's not, right. the middle's falling out. Yep. Right. The middle's if, shrinking. Yeah, and if they work, you can fucking print money, like GTA 5 and GTA Online, and everybody's gonna make a ton of money, and if they crash, you're out of the, your, your studio shut down. Yeah, I mean, that's the nice thing about the gaming industry, is that 
there's Fortnites, there's GTAs, yep. but not every single company is making Fortnite money. Right. But that doesn't mean that their game's not bad. It's just it's yeah. not making that money. So right. if you're gonna, you know, determine, and a lot of times corporations and companies like to look at just dollars, and that's it, right. of to whether the game succeeded or not. Right. Um, and you can't really do that with games sometimes because you know yeah. you got some games that are just fun to play and it maybe sold ten thousand copies. Yeah. People liked it. Hey, it was a success. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, so it's, it is it is an interesting look from a, an industry veteran about, like, and, you know, taking just the, uh, the evolution of one studio as an example yes. of how just the industry and the approach to game development uh, as a studio has, has shifted uh, in wow. recent years. So, you know, there's no, no real, like, action items <laughs> coming out of it. Just it's an interesting glimpse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He did say as well that uh, he doesn't think Anthem is the the like make or break for the studio. Like Bioware is going to be shut down if Anthem isn't a success. That's been a concern for a lot of people. Right. That considering you know Andromeda didn't Mass Effect Andromeda didn't do well and uh, EA shuttered that studio, which admittedly was um, you know it was a a rookie studio that they had put together to create Andromeda and they folded those employees into EA Motive instead. Right. Uh, and so the concern was. Are they going to shutter Edmonton? Are they going to shutter Bioware as a whole if Anthem performs similarly? He doesn't think that's the case, but I don't you know, know I, I, I also got to acknowledge that EA's not got a great track record yeah. with yeah. being tolerant of I don't know if I not doing believe well. him. Like, what's he going to say? Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is it. Yeah. If not, we're fucked. Like, he doesn't want it, it, to. He doesn't want it to become a self fulfilling prophecy. Maybe, maybe he's just trying to cover his tracks because he knows that yep. it's fucked. Yep. Yeah. He's leaving. He doesn't <laughs> want to be on that train when it crashes. We also have the side that like EA is also a publicly traded company. So yes. if he were to come out and say, "Hey, Anthem is exactly. going to destroy this company." That could potentially affect stocks. Oh, it would drop yeah. overnight, and it would potentially put him on the line for responsibilities of that. So that's it's a great just, point. I yeah, mean, you got to be careful. And and this is you know he knows all these people. He's yeah. got a good you know he wants this to succeed. I don't blame him for any of this, but I think he's going. He has a vested interest in yeah putting a positive spin on it. I think the reality is if Anthem doesn't do well, Bioware's in massive trouble. Maybe they're not shuttering them, but yeah. like you said, EA has done this many, many, many times, shut down companies. I don't I don't think they'd lose any sleep over doing this I'm, to Bioware. I'm worried about Anthem. I think people are anticipating that game is gonna be something that it's not. That's because they've been really weird about how they communicate. Yeah. Remember yeah. last well, year, coming out of E3 last year, Everyone was like, oh, so it's Destiny, Destiny. except mm -hmm. Bioware. Okay. Uh, and then this year they're like, no, 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 single player experience, but you can have multi like, multiple people right. there. It's a, it's a co-op so co RPG. It's they've, not they've shifted how they talk about it, and that, that makes it feel like I don't know what yes. Anthem is supposed to be. I don't know what it's going to be. And at this point, I'm, I'm just, for me personally, I'm sitting back and I'm waiting and I'm trying not to... Tell tell myself what it I is or what it isn't because I I don't feel like it's been really clearly yeah. stated. This is the game. This is the vision. This I is think, the experience. Yeah. It's I think changed th this, already. I think well, I don't think it changed. I think they were did a poor job anticipating the consumer reaction to their video of showing something that looked kind of like Destiny, mm -hmm. and you're playing with multiple people, and you're in a big open world. Like, I think, mm -hmm. I can't blame people for making those comparisons, but, like, they just weren't explicit in that first demo to say, like, it's a single-player RPG. But I think that they did come around, and they're finally like, guys, it's a, 
It's an RPG. You're not going to see people in the wild. You're not going to see people in the hub. You're going to go out and play, and if you want to invite your friends, you can. Like, I think... I think that's what the game is, and I think people are still going, yeah, Destiny. I want <laughs> yeah, I like good Destiny. It yeah. feels yeah. it feels muddy and it's hard to come back from a first impression. Yeah. Yeah. And I in my mind it's still Destiny. Yeah, right. It still is. You're the one going, yeah, Destiny. Even in, and, and and they're also in, in that interview, Olin said uh, one of the strengths of Bioware is we like to try new things. Anthem is a new thing. That can be a strength, but it can also be a bad thing too, yeah. because people in their mind have it, what a Bioware game should be. I don't know if it's a good idea to fully uh, do a, a you know a hard ninety degree turn from that. We also don't know like the scope of the game. Right. Like right. Do, right. like people are people are going yeah Destiny and they're thinking this <laughs> yes. is a game I'm gonna play for a year. Yes. And I'm I'm gonna come back to it every weekend. Or is they've, it a twenty hour? They've, they've come out and said no PvP. At least not that's not a focus right, right. now. Right. And they're, they're like. What what if it's just you know this isn't a bad thing but like what if it's just an RPG where you play for uh, like a campaign right. and there right. is nothing else right see Warframe to I'm sorry not Warframe um, sorry Anthem to me is looking more like a Warframe where it actually yeah. I, I jumped yeah. on it and I'm like okay this is fun this is exciting I can go out and play by myself and then when I saw the microtransactions of Warframe yes. that's where I'm like oh. This is possibly how Anthem might uh, Warframe work. Warframe is, but Warframe is also compared most frequently to Destiny. Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, but the thing you did hit on is that Warframe is free to play. Yeah. So Anthem has to be really careful on how they tout that line of Battlefront Two all I think, over again. I think that they're not going to push microtransactions okay. because of how bad Battlefront went. And if you look at how they came out with with Battle or Battlefield, what is it called? World War Two. Yeah. Battlefield. Battlefield Five. What was it called? Battlefield Five. Is it Five? Call of Duty World War Two. Battlefield, uh, the next one. Uh, They were like, no loot boxes. They're like, the only thing you're going to get is cosmetics. Yeah. So I think that we can probably anticipate less of that. Uh, I think, I think maybe the tides are finally turning on shitty microtransactions. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Well, as you're starting to see some countries as well uh, step in on regulating them, I think companies may find them a at least somewhat less attractive an option. There's yeah. a new thing where uh, in the Netherlands, people buying, what is it? Uh, oh, Dota God, it's 2. Dota 2. Yep. Um, instead, like they are, will now be told what is in the loot box that they're it, That's wild to me. Yeah. Because like, right now, I think the way it is, is you can see what potential rewards are. Yeah. In this but one, oh, you no. can see what they the posted next a screenshot and it tells you. That's Crazy. Yeah. No, it, I mean, and, and how, how does that? Uh, do you just either. like do you just like scroll through the boxes that you have and go, oh yeah, I want to unlock that one, or is it like no, now no, you have a one that, at a time? They have a list. Only one at a time. Okay, so it's yeah. like, well, if I I know I'm going to get some shit, but maybe the next one's good. <laughs> is that it? Maybe, <laughs> but wild, they can at least <laughs> see what it is they're buying beforehand. Yeah, so that's the sort of justification there. Is there's a little bit more transparency, and we'll see if this starts uh, bleeding over into other games as well. But Fingers crossed that loot boxes are past the peak. Yeah, come on, Overwatch. Yeah, get with so, it. We'll see. I'm we just shall see. Overwatch. Yeah. Free skins, no. The the final thing uh, that I just wanted to touch on uh, really quickly is similar to uh, Bioware, um, a former Valve employee has talked about how uh, that studio has changed over time. And it kind of explains why they don't make games. We always make the joke that, of course, they don't make games, they make money. That's what they do now. Why would anyone make a game when you can just 
kick back and make a shit ton of money because that's what Valve does. They have the, you know, they have a couple big games that are older that do great money with their loot boxes, uh, with their esports. They have a platform that takes like 30% of every game. Uh, and, you know, that's what they are now is they're, they're a platform and it's been a while since they've made a game. I know they're coming out with Artifact, the game that nobody wants, uh, part, probably because they were like, look at all the money that Hearthstone is making off of Brian. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Shit, let's get that going. Yeah. And, uh, but... They, you know, they the they are not making follow-ups to any of their really big franchises. Uh, and he talked a little bit about why that is, and what it comes down to, for the most part, is that um, you know we all know that Valve internally works different than a lot of companies. People aren't you're not hired onto this team to work on this project. People sort of shift around and they they work on the things that they want to work on, which in an ideal world means that everyone is creatively driven with these passion projects and they put out something really awesome. But effectively what it seems to have turned into is that the, the job at Valve is to navigate politics and that everyone is then you know, finding a group and then they will all say nice things about each other in their reviews and that's essentially how the company works. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I hear is that, like, because everyone has the ability to work on their own passion projects, they don't want to put time and invest into other people's ideas because they want their own ideas to move forward, and mm -hmm. you just end up in limbo. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, there's there's politics in any job. Mm -hmm. Like, I oh, worked yeah. I worked in a movie theater in college. There were politics there too. There, but but popcorn my, politics. My first, exactly. My first job was in a restaurant, and there was politics between yeah. the cooks and right. the servers, and then the support staff, like the the hostesses. Right. There were. I was a projectionist. There were politics between who got to do, who got to build up the better movies, who got the choicer assignments. Valve though sounds like. Uh, and he made it clear this is not current. It's a few years back because he hasn't been at Valve for five years. And he also kind of fudged it a little bit that, oh, I've worked at a lot of different companies. But clearly some of this is about Valve. And he made it sound like there is sort of an invisible cabal of, he called them barons, I think, of um, people who kind of run things. And you need the support of one of those people to get your shit done and to protect you from being fired because he also made it sound like um, Valve is a very popular company. Everyone wants to work there. As such, you are replaceable and mm -hmm. can be at any time. So it's uh, very the way the bonus structures are, are, uh, um, uh, are uh, sort of organized, it's very competitive. So it's just um, there is a lot of... A lot of things you have to navigate other than just making video games or, you know, maintaining Steam or, or doing the boss's pet projects. Right. So like, like suddenly that. it's like Gabe Newell comes in and says, like, I really like VR. And everyone mm -hmm. would be like, oh, well, as it happens, we yeah. we love VR. <laughs> We're working on VR right now. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, and then the company shifts in right. the, you know, in that sort of direction, right. which, again, makes sort of like free form, but... It's not, it's not like a really solidified pipeline for any project. Right. And it's also a privately held company. So 
you're going to do whatever the head of that company wants, like uh, old Lucasfilm used to be. You know, if, if George Lucas wanted to do something or start a new thing, he would write a check and it would happen. And so if Gabe Newell wants to do something, it gets done. And if he doesn't give a shit about Half-Life anymore, then no one gives a shit about Was, was it this article that they mentioned Gabe Newell is just like, I just love Dota and he just plays Dota all the time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that, that, was, that it was... That one, but I know that has. Is that true? Is that uh, I feel like I read that somewhere. Oh. Maybe that was like a Reddit comment or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, it's an interesting look into just sort of the 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 dream of what yeah. uh, a freeform company setup can look like, and then the reality of what can end up happening when when you throw people into it, because yeah. you know people are imperfect. Right. And uh, and it, you know it makes it uh, really difficult, really challenging, and uh, you know it's another company that's that's seen a big shift with the the advent, you know, the advent of new technology and new ways of doing things. So basically, we all getting old, <laughs> yeah. and the the good old days are, are just those, and we can't we we can't keep them around just because we'd like to. Unfortunately, everything else moves on around us and around them. You're saying I need to get into streaming games, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not physical yeah. copies. I think if you wear a low cut top, you're going to do really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that about does it for this episode of Glitch, please. Uh, if you're a Rooster Teeth first member, I hope you join us for New Game Plus. Also, keep an eye out for our PC build video. This thing is crazy. So uh, we will have that going up. It is wild and colorful and awesome Ooh. and very powerful. And so we will have that going up for you guys. We'll hope to see you at RTX Austin, August 3rd through 5th. Let us know in the comments if you're coming. I want to get an idea, like, who all we're going to be hanging out with, having some nice drinks, talking about video games and stuff. Best. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and again, make sure you check out New Game Plus exclusively on our website. If you're not a first member yet, you can get a seven-day free trial so you can check out uh, the New Game Plus episodes as well as a bunch of our other first exclusive content. Uh, and we have a lot of fun announcements coming up during RTX as well. So you'll want to be a first member uh, to take advantage to a lot of that stuff. All right. We'll see you next week. Go play some games. <laughs>